it is a wet and windy Sunday evening here, slap damn right in the middle of December 2021. It's your weekly edition of the Chair Shop Podcast, back with another week of wrestling and movies and games and, you know, life occurrences to, uh, to chat about. I'm one of your chatties, Mr. Barry Murphy, that's me, hi, how you doing? With me, ever dependable, as always, you know who they are at this stage, I would hope. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello. And rounding out the trio, also pressing the buttons and all that. He's a bastard. <laughs> Paul Griffin. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, the listeners missed some gold there. We were relitigating last week's rest AEW announcer uh, uh, debate. That was a real explain and the hmm, mm, I wonder shaker uh, gimmick. <laughs> it wasn't really because it was just me arguing with myself well no i tried i i was like i initially was going to argue and then i gave, I gave up really quick okay so. well let's just because we were talking about this before the show but i don't think we, we got a definitive uh response from you guys what is your take on from long island new york weighing 225 pounds he's better than you and you know it mjf I think it's good because it's obviously just it's his thing that he wants. Like instead of like instead of saying, um, you know, um, uh, like I'm trying to think of another example of a wrestler who you, who comes out with a nickname. Instead of saying the game Triple H, you know, instead of you know, instead of having the blank MJF, he wants that thing to be said. So they say that thing. Do you know what I mean? In, in, okay, in, so you're, you're even, going even in, in the, even in the world of kayfabe okay. in my head. Yeah, yeah. They, they dictate what gets said when they come out. Sure, I, um, you're you're coming from it from the angle of he he's pressuring the ring. I, I don't think Dasha is like. And by the way, I think he's class. No, no, no. I understand that. I understand that. That's not my issue. I guess I didn't think of it from the point of view of MJF is pulling her aside and going, "Look, I know you don't do this every week, but just in case you don't know, um, I have this long convoluted intro that people have to say." Um, my point was just. That, that is his catchphrase. That is not his nickname. Um, and the example I used uh, was, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, The Rock. <laughs> From Victoria, Victoria Texas. Want that himself, to be honest. <laughs> Weighing 262 pounds. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, come, that's, come on now. This is silliness. When that, when that got said, no. No, I didn't have a problem with he is Hook. Or whatever they said for Hook. That's this fine. is Hook, I believe it was. This is Hook. That's okay. That's fine. I'll allow that. But it's funny because we, we were talking about uh, from your mama's kitchen there before the show. And it's like, I just kind of laugh at the idea of Howard Finkel saying, I'm not saying parts unknown, mate. Where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know from? what the problem with the mama's kitchen is? How's that? Um, and it's not so much a problem with that specifically. It's that I think you can have a from your mama's kitchen or whatever it is. But when 10 people are doing it on a show. Yeah, that's, that's no. I think that's a fair criticism. AEW, one thing AEW does not have under control, and, and Brona even says this to me when we watch together, they they do the same thing too many times on one show. It happens all the fucking time. And we're kicking off with wrestling off this yeah, week. Yeah, kicks to the groin was this kicks week. Kicks to the groin this week. Two separate <laughs> angles where people were kicked in the groin. But even, even leaving that specific example out, literally every week, 90% of the matches end with someone doing a beatdown after the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every interview, every interview, the person usually barely even says a sentence before a heel walks in. 
to interrupt. Uh, you talked about the Sammy Guevara niece one. I, honestly, I think it's most of them. Most of them are so terribly acted and just absolutely cringy and people selling punches like they just got shot. Mm. And, and well, Was it the bunny and Penelope Ford who interrupted an interview this time? Yes. The yeah. interviewer hadn't even finished a question. And they but were, that's, that's usually what happens. Yeah, it's like, well, t- tonight you got... Oh, there we go. At least at least this one, Nina Rose did come in out of, out of frame and say, surprise, bitch, which was great. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But uh, the other two were, were just... Were just you know, they're the usual annoying selves. Let's keep the wrestling talk for later. We, yeah, and the rest of more important stuff to talk about is is our two, including yeah, the more important stuff we got to talk about is it is le Christmas season, as they say in France. Um, uh, so we're going to chat about that as well. Um, I am currently uh, doing the podcast from what is typically my work from home space. Ooh, but I won't be in here tomorrow, baby, because I got that out of office on the Christmas holly bobs have commenced. So uh, yes, thank you, thank you. I'm very, I'm very happy with that. Uh, yeah, so that's good. All that done. We did have our first uh, Christmas get-together with pals yesterday. We went to a lovely Christmas dinner at one of Rona's friends' houses. It was delicious. Oh, nice. There was turkey. There was ham. There was croquets. There was roast spuds. There was stuffing. There was there was uh, carrots. There was uh, uh, a whole variety of things. There was a delicious uh, uh, brownie uh, uh, ice cream and caramel drizzle dessert. Ooh, it was spectacular. Ooh, that sounds um, bloody good. I have to say it was absolutely Tremendous! I always, I, a big, big hat tip uh, uh, to the chef there. I, I, I don't because Brona used to do that herself with her roommates. She used to do Christmas dinner for a whole friend group. Listen, as someone who who's just getting into cooking, the stress of trying to because there was about I think there was eight of us eating there. I the idea of cooking for eight people, fuck off! I could never do that. Um, let alone do it well. I feel like I could probably get to the finish line and serve the worst turkey imaginable. Um, uh, and poison everyone. Um, the idea of doing that and doing it well uh, blew my mind. So that was that was delicious. Um, and yeah, so the the Christmas spirit is uh, well and truly underway. Um, what about you, boys? How is the season finding you? Pretty good, I would say. Um, the last few Christmas presents are, are coming in in drips. Perfect uh, in the post. Haven't commenced wrapping because I don't want to start wrapping presents before they're all arrived, and then I have to in a week wrap another one. Nah, I like yeah. to do all the wrapping at once. One, know, one go, go one go, always. Yeah, one go. So I think I'm waiting on four or five items, uh, give or take. But otherwise, we've got the Christmas music playing. We have the the decorations are up. Lovely. Um. And I've got a story for you Go on. about jizz. I thought you were about to say about a little little woman who wanted to give birth on a certain day of the of the month, but they they said no, no room at this inn. I thought you were going to tell us that story. No, that story specifically does not contain jizz. If you're uh... well, well, <laughs> well, didn't it? Didn't it? Mm. <laughs> Are you saying that that is a lie that she told her parents or something? So that, oh, no, I don't, I wasn't, <laughs> I don't get the blasphemy here. No, 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 not, not this month, not this month, not on Sunday, come on. No, 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 no. not on the eve of uh, the birth of the Bibba Jesus. Mm. Um, but I don't know why this came into my head in the week. It was it's just a, a, a funny story from my youth that, uh, Popped into me. This is my my new routine now. Something will pop into my head at like 
half past midnight during the week and i'm like oh better check that in the the rundown doc so remember to talk about it and then i'll just like have one word typed into the, it'll be like life guff yes i saw that and i was like <laughs> have we been hacked <laughs> no so it's it's um when i was a little boy oh, um which no 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 this is <laughs> following on from the holiday brochures uh we'll see. <laughs> Barry wasn't here for the holiday brochure talk. Um, no, and sure I, Brona did guffaw when she was listening to it. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what was said. Don't look at me. Um, <laughs> well, the uh, let me just think to the geography of the schoolyard. So I would have been maybe like 11. Okay. Or, yeah, yeah, it was there. So over, I guess, a weekend or something, someone had spilled like <laughs> green paint in okay. the yard so like if, if you know a, a good irish schoolyard a proper irish early 90s schoolyard or late 90s in my case uh no fucking grass just tarmac everywhere yeah um and someone has spilled some green paint so it's it's gone it's not just like spilled paint now it is now like hardened into a little Ireland. almost like a, yeah like a nickelodeon logo okay with a slight a slight domeness to it right um of green paint and uh, we're obviously this was new. We're all standing around looking at it, and one of the other boys in my class, uh, David was his name. He goes, "Ah, oh, that looks like jizz, right?" <laughs> so again, this is like eleven. I I've never heard that word before. I don't know what what jizz means. So I I say to him, "Well, what's jizz?" And he says, <laughs> "Jizz is what comes out." <laughs> When you wank. And I said, I've okay, David, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> You've never heard the word wank before. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> fair enough. No, I didn't I didn't continue the line of questioning. I thought, well, I've already been burnt once on my, <laughs> my um I'll just go, yeah, you're right. The, that green paint does look like what happens when you wank. Uh, yeah. uh, so it does seem like he was uh, he himself was bluffing somewhat if he thought it was like a Absolutely. green and logo. <laughs> or oh, really Jesus, get a load of this guy. Can you believe him? Anyway, I'm up for a wank and he starts just shitting. I don't know why that story came to my head. I love because like eleven, it is just that perfect age where everyone's just bluffing. It must be different these days where they have so much internet access; they must be able to do to bluff a little bit better. But back in our day, where you know, yeah, you maybe had a little bit of internet, and your brother had a little bit more internet, and you were watching a bit more telly. But generally speaking, there was so much bluffing going on at that age; you just had no idea. I remember um, there was a um, a heavy metal band of the era of the early two thousands. Right, corn maybe I don't know. I didn't listen to them. They what had, ones? Yeah. and you know, they would have all sorts of vulgarities in their CD inlays. You know, um, yeah. uh, one of them had. Um, I, I feel like this. Someone might recognize this as a very memorable thing. One, one of the CD inlays just had like in, in like some graffiti text. I hope I didn't Mandela affect this. I'm fairly sure I didn't. <laughs> um, it said, uh, "I believe kids should learn about sex on the street." You know, you can't ask your parents how to lick a pussy until it changes color. 
right? <laughs> it was something along those lines, okay. some edge lord fucking metal band shit from the early two thousands, yeah. and. We all thought this, that's how it works. It changes color. That's that's oh, what happens because we took it literally because we didn't know any better. And that's <laughs> that's how that that game of telephone works when you're a child. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. These these days they just effing Google it, don't they? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dud. Dud. My girlfriend pussy go blue <laughs> when I juice my green goop into her. <laughs> <laughs> at Amazon Answers, or whatever that thing used to be, Yahoo Answers. Oh, rest um, in peace. There was another uh, one. Might I, have just been of, I just thought of one actually. I remember a girl in my class asked. She was telling me a story about another girl, an embarrassing story about another girl who probably like eight, yeah. eight or nine. And she goes to me, "Do you know what a blowjob is?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Uh, she goes. Because I mentioned that to, I think it was Natalie. I mentioned that to Natalie, and she thought it was like getting your hair done. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're joking. That's embarrassing. She, she said, what? <laughs> anyway, anyway, no no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had one where, I forget who was I was even talking to about. It was around the same time. <laughs> I don't even remember the context. This Unfortunately, this isn't going to be a fully-fledged story like the the green jizz but um it's just another another story where someone mentioned something i was like i don't know what the fuck these people are talking about i'm obviously not in the goss gang with the updates i haven't been getting the uh the the newsletter about what happens to you when you turn into a teenager but someone was talking about what was the terminology it was something weird he said something like uh <laughs> when your knob turns into a mushroom or something some something about mushroom dip. Oh, is it like mushroom like, tip or something? Is that that's a, like a reference to the tip, head of your willy? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand now, Barry. <laughs> I'm not still. <laughs> I, like you I thought you were saying you couldn't remember what it was. No, I don't remember exactly what the uh, conversation yeah, okay, was okay. or or what he exactly the words that he said was. But I was like, oh, I still got that little like finger knob. I don't know what he was talking. Please didn't say that out loud, did you? <laughs> yeah, just to make myself look like a fool. No, I just said, "Oh yeah, mm, you're right there, lad." Toadstool Todger, they call me down. The <laughs> no. uh, my Willie's in Mario Kart. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god, wait, wait till I wank and hit the green shell oh, right at you. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. Okay. Anyway, what what else happened in life go for the love of Jesus? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's all the life go for me. We, we have forty, but we leave that till the end, I suppose. That should nearly be its own segment, I think. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, uh, exciting, exciting weekend for me. So I went out Friday. Uh, I think, as I mentioned last week, had another sort of Christmas party on Friday. This time with uh, ex colleagues, which was uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So I got I got there quite early because I finished. I was working from home Friday. Finished at five. I was like, we're going to supposed to meet at seven, but I was like, oh, I can't really be bothered just sitting around at home. I'm going mm. to go out. A few people said they were going to get there like quite early, straight after work. So I thought, oh, I'll go and meet them a little bit early. Got to this uh, horrendous cocktail bar in London, in one of these places that's just full of fucking <laughs> fucking tourists. <laughs> anyway, it was the only place we could get this close to Christmas. So, you know. Anyway, I went in there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for, you know, table in the name of da da da. CSB, um, yeah. Yeah, CSP. I said, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Let me take you down. Went downstairs. 
Uh, whole of the bottom bar's empty. Yeah. Um, I'm there about way too early. Uh, took me over to the table. Said, hey, have a seat here. Got three tables all to myself. Uh, <laughs> sat there with all my mates. Um, <laughs> just just had a good read. Couldn't get any reception on my phone because it's Love underground. It. Yeah. So just just had a good read of the cocktail menu for about <laughs> 15 minutes until oh my God. more people turned up. So that was good. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. I haven't seen a lot of those people in a while. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, he's one of those bars where the music is so loud. Yeah. You literally can't hear a word anyone is saying unless they say it directly into your ear. So you are constantly leaning over going, how's it going? I said, how's it, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. The only, cool. The only like, worse thing than early in a party small talk is when you're having to yell it. I know. Like, it is already stuff we're, we're obligated to do, but now I have to scream no. it at you. So, oh, yeah. God. So we, we stayed there for quite a while, and then I think a few of, after three or four hours, <laughs> a few of us just got so fed up, we were like, right, let's just go to a pub. Yeah. Let's go to the, we'll find an old man pub down the road where they don't play any music. That's right. <laughs> and there's just the smell of wee. And yeah, it'll be lovely. So we did that. We went there, had a couple of couple of pints. That was nice. Um, unfortunately, my 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 ex manager, who I'm still sort of good good you know friends with, wanted to go back to the cocktail bar. Oh god! Um, I think because he doesn't get out much now that he's got ma- he's married with two kids. So he's like, oh yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to the bar. I was like, oh okay. I didn't want to leave him on his own. So I went back to the bar, had a couple more. Finally left about two a.m. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Got home at, fortunately, got home at 3 a.m. just in time for AEW Rampage <laughs> live. I was like, well, while I'm up, while oh, I'm up, amazing. I might as well watch it. So, yeah, I did actually watch Rampage live. Uh, well, up until the hook debut after that, I, I went yeah. to bed. But um, yeah, so a very, a very fun Friday night I had. Uh, and I stuck to my rule. I stuck to the same drink all night. No silly cocktails, good. no wine, anything. So I was I was nicely drunk, but not not too bad, you know, not too bad. So that was good. Saturday, just uh, chilling. And then today, we actually, Michelle and I went over to East London and met up with a friend of the show, former forum friend or still forum friend, uh, Jill, um, known as Lip Gloss oh, really? Jill on, on social media. Uh, who is now running, has her own little business making uh, candles. Um, she does kind of a lot of pop culture, sort of 90s mm. inspired candles that she sells. And she was doing like a little craft market um, over in, in East London. So we popped over to just to say hello to her, bought a candle, um, just had a little walk around. So that was a lot of fun. So she's doing well. She's got some good candles. If, you, if, if, you're in the, if you're in the market for some candles... And you love a bit of 90s nostalgia, check out Fan Candles on Instagram. So we've got some great gifts on there. Lovely. Um, so that was really good. And then we went to um, it's a massive um, shopping center kind of over that way. So we went there, um, absolutely packed, absolutely rammed. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, my God, the amount of people. Um, it was all right at first, but I think after about an hour, you start to kind of lose your mind, <laughs> start grinding my teeth. I'm like, right, yeah. let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Um, but before we, we went, we did we, we did try to visit a little restaurant there. So you guys will know this this place quite well from um, our late night, Monday Night Raw watching sessions uh, back in the day. 
Uh, it's a Popeye's chicken uh, franchise. So this is the very first one in, in the UK and I presume in, in Europe as well. And mm. um, actually opened in this in this shopping center a few months ago. Uh, and I remember reading at the time there were just insane queues, yeah. you know, thousands of people of trying course. to get spicy chicken sandwich, you know, crazy. <laughs> um, we thought, oh, well, let's have a look. You know, if it's not busy, we'll go. If it's busy, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Got there, thought, oh, it doesn't look too bad. You know, there were about 10 to 15 people in the queue. We're yeah. like, okay, that's not bad. Looked to my right and then saw the rest of the queue, oh. which was sort of separ- separated from the first queue. <laughs> and there were about another like 50, 60 people oh, okay. queuing behind there. And I was like, okay, no, it's just a chicken sandwich. We'll, yeah. we'll come during the week one time. Is it still new? Right. Is it still new? Is that what the thing is? Or it's a, Yeah, it's been, a f- it's been a few months, I think, but it's the okay. only one and people are still like, you know, it's like the same reason people go to these American candy stores and pay yeah. 15 quid for a bag of Cheetos. Like, or the, 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 the peak of uh, uh, pre-COVID indulgence in this country was the Krispy Kreme mania in, in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely bananas behavior. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, listen, I those if I recall those Justin.tv raw streams, it's a nice looking sandwich. I would like, I would like one, you know, but not not queuing that long. I would make the trip to go and get one, but not, yeah, I'm not going to wait for an hour or an hour and a half to get one. I think it's the right idea. Pop down during the week, uh, you know, uh, Saturday in the middle of the Christmas season, I say it's probably. No, no, no. So, so yeah, so we we didn't get the chicken in the end, but I did buy myself a lovely pair, a little early Christmas tree. I got myself some uh, little Bluetooth in-ear headphones, uh, some Samsung, Samsung Galaxy earbuds. Uh, which are very nice. I, I already have loads of pairs of headphones, so I was like, do I get another one? But I said, sod it, I'll do it. Um, the best part is they have 11-hour battery life. Lovely. Yeah. Right? So yeah. when I go for one of my long walks, I'm worried about running out of battery because i got the case, i got the headphones. They're going to be lasting me all day. So, uh, yeah, a little, little early Christmas treat for me there. But, um, yeah, other than that, very good, very good weekend. Lovely, yeah. Um. I actually just reminded me there, we did go to a, a new, there's a new bar in town. Um, I had heard absolutely nothing about this. It's smack in the middle of the city. It's a, it was, it was quite a posh kind of steakhousey place uh, that seemingly died on its arse um, uh, a couple of months ago. And we were just walking past it the other day and it was like, oh, they have bought and redecorated and reopened it as something else now. Um, and so on Saturday, we decided to pop in. It's a sports bar, which we don't really have too many of in town. Mm. There's been a, there's a lot of like a lot of Limerick uh, pubs and, and and late bars have gone very kind of bougie, very cocktaily. And then of course you still have your contingent of like old man pubs. We don't have too much in that kind of middle sports bar kind of place. So they bought this place, and again we looked at its Instagram. It has like 200 followers. No one we've spoken mm-hmm. to in town since has heard of this place. So it literally must just be brand new. Uh, one of those places, so American, absolutely oh. fucking gigantic menu with 500 <laughs> items on it. Uh, chi- like little, like Chinese food starters and then wings and burgers and pasta dishes and oh, pizza. Oh, oh. Uh, cocktail menu, the exact same. I was like, how are they doing all of this? Um, 
wall-to-wall, edge-to-edge tellies, which, to be fair, is, I think, what you want out of a sports bar. They had, yeah. like... But there was only two things on when we were there. So it was, like, seven million tellies, and they were just alternating some football match that I don't even think was in the... the um, uh, the Premier League and and the, the the other telly was showing the Formula One, so I was like, okay, well, this oh, is God. this is the most rollicking sports ever, but it's fine. Um, and it's absolutely dead, as I said, because I've heard no one talk about this. I don't think anyone knew it was open, and so we went in and we just ordered. But I got an Irish coffee and I got a pint of Guinness, and it was classic kind of we just opened let me take gordon ramsay this would have been a great first half of the episode where he's like <laughs> oh what are you doing yeah get out of here this menu's gigantic what are you doing they was like a bunch like the staff were all very young to be fair to them you know so whatever they're fucking college students or whatever just weekend job fight whatever but it was like there was like six people in this pub and eight uh, wait, uh, waiters and one uh, I was about to say major d' that's posture that I'm trying to give you credit for but manager type kind of peering over the shoulder as they did everything and then what appeared to be our our assumption uh, the owners uh, visiting from Dublin sitting across from us uh, talking about how great it was despite the fact that it was extremely not great um, so we placed our <laughs> order and then uh, we didn't get it after about 20 minutes but we got four separate other waiters coming past because hi folks have you ordered yet and we're like yes we have i don't need to be asked if i've ordered yet and eventually they brought us the guinness it was okay it was spilled a little bit but whatever you know oh, yeah, no, like, no. Uh, and I, I i i didn't think this was a big deal Rona was shocked and i I was. I sent a picture of it to a friend of mine who was also discussed. They they gave her like the Irish coffee in like a wine glass, so the glass was roasting, um, oh, and they didn't give her a spoon. And it was just like okay, so it was not very good. But it was one of those things where we're like, all right, we'll come back when they've figured it out because they haven't figured it out yet. It's it literally just opened, and there's a bunch of children running around trying to serve everyone. <laughs> so we'll we'll come back. But that's uh, you know, hopefully they get that off the ground because they had comfy seats. I'll say that much. Um, but yeah, so American, just like neon signs saying the best burger in town. Um, every song, you could you could predict the pr- playlist right now off the top of your head. Johnny Cash, uh, Ring of Fire was playing at one stage. I think that played twice. Um, somebody told me you and a fucking boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend. Um, just, you know, yeah. Um, anyway. That's so. That's the. Uh, that's the. Uh, we're going to start doing like uh, eatery and, and bar critiquing on this on this podcast yeah. now. Um, anyway, what about footy guff? Do you want to talk about the football? Yes. Uh, so Manchester United uh, with their new manager, they got rid of Ole. New manager in. He's gonna. He's gonna turn the ship around. He's gonna set things right. Get this team playing with a bit of. Um, Tactical noose, bit of bit of you know, bit of strategy which they've been lacking. Uh, no, in fact, it's headless chicken FC again, baby. <laughs> um, one of the worst football games I've ever had the pleasure of enduring. Uh, an absolutely abysmal game, which which Manchester United won. Don't get me wrong, yeah. via via penalty, but in which they were thoroughly outplayed by twentieth in the league, North City, twentieth out of twenty, the worst team in the league with a goal difference of minus twenty three. Um, they were absolutely dreadful. Uh, Manchester United, that is not Norwich, um, who looked like fucking oh nine Barcelona in comparison. Uh, Joe, did you get a chance to watch the game? 
Yeah, I did watch the whole the whole game. Oh my god, there were bits where I was like, I just can't even watch this anymore. <laughs> I need to go for a walk. It was, it was pretty dreadful, wasn't it? it was, oh my god. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting like massive change quickly from from no Rangnick, but you know, it's yeah. I think it's just the players. I think it's just the mindset of the players. It doesn't seem right. They're just not on it. Not switched on. Not like not working as much as they need to. Not not. You know, not executing, sloppy. Like I don't know. I think they just need to kick up the ass. Big kick up the ass. Yeah. Big old kick. Um. Yeah, because I like I, I they they brought in the new formation, which fair enough. I think I think is uh I see the logic behind it, but mm. I don't know what it was. Passes, uh, just to anybody. My biggest um problem with Manchester United at the moment is. They love a fucking aimless header. I know I've been talking about it in the last few weeks, but I, I, every time I watch them, it's the same again. Mm. All coming in, right? Do you think they're going to head it out of the out of their own box to a, one of their midfield players to turn a counterattack? No, they don't, they don't even look where they're heading it. They'll just head it anywhere. Mm. Nine times out of ten, they'll go to the opposition. I say, what's the point of even heading it then? Fucking head it out for a throw, and at least then the pressure's not coming straight back. Um, dreadful game, dreadful, dreadful, dreadful stuff. I also watched the Manchester City Wolves game, uh, which featured mm. the stupidest red card I maybe have oh, ever seen. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-one seconds between a ye- the two yellow cards. Uh, Raúl Jiménez with a foul. Which uh, the commentators on uh, was it on Sky or BT uh, were mm. saying, or no, maybe that was on Premier Sports over here, saying it wasn't a yellow card. I think it was. I was saying was a yellow card. He he. Pulled uh, whoever it was, Rodri, I think it might have been, pulled him back and then slid in from behind. I mean, to me, that's going to be a yellow, especially when City were on the counter attack. Yeah. Uh, okay, you've been booked. The referee talks to him for a good 15 seconds. Uh, ooh, I think I'll just stand in front of this free kick and stick me leg out when they take it and mm-hmm. obstruct the free kick. Oh, I've been sent off. What? And then he made a big pantomime out of being sent off. And he's like, oh, throwing his headband to the floor and the crowd are going, way! And they throw it again. They go, Whoa! Oh my God, what an absolute debacle. Now, to be fair, Wolves still held on uh, fairly well in that game. Mm. I thought were deserved of a point. City got a... Uh, <clears throat> A somewhat dubious penalty, um, although I think the VAR was pretty spot on in that. It wasn't conclusively a handball or not handball. It looked like it might have hit Moutinho on the side and then maybe hit the arm, but the ref give it and the VAR, even looking at the replays, it wasn't so clear that you could say definitively it didn't touch the arm, so I didn't have a problem with that. Um, and what other news? Well, West Ham dropped a, a, a big opportunity to... Um, can uh, keep their three-point lead above uh, Manchester United, but uh, laboured to a nil draw with Burnley, which is a funny one. I thought they were going to actually hammer Burnley. Mm. And the form they're on, coming off their win against Chelsea, uh, who themselves laboured to a win. Via, again, with three penalties as well. Rudiger, let me tell you, he loves jumping around and getting a penalty. <laughs> um, now, to be fair, I think there were penalties, but he'll he'll get like the slightest touch and he'll be doing like Matt Hardy leg drop off the cage at Unforgiven style bumps um, to make sure it gets given. Um, and we have some midweek football as well. I don't think any of the fixtures are particularly meaty, unfortunately. Um, and this is one of my, my one of my pet peeves as well, is when you have, as was the case this weekend, Liverpool, Chelsea, 
City, United, Arsenal, all playing on the Saturday. Mm. And then when the time comes for the Sunday fixtures, it's like, oh, what's on TV? Leicester, Newcastle. I think I'll give that Boring. one a miss, please. Yeah. What what they need to do, they, I don't know who was in charge of this, but like one of the top four from the previous season, keep them for the Sunday. So there's something on the Sunday to be, you know, interested in watching. Yeah. But anyway, United, uh, Brentford on Tuesday, but apparently there's some COVID cases in the camp, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Although, if the COVID cases are Hattie Maguire and uh, Marcus Rashford, I won't be too upset if it means that they cannot play. My God, Rashford was absolutely abysmal against Nart. Yeah. I was when when Sancho come off instead of him, I nearly shit myself. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see how United do. Two wins from two, can't be too upset with that. But uh, my uh, God, my God, I think. Uh, uh, one of the worst performances I've seen. Never, Regardless of the result, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, no music off this week, I'm afraid, folks. The only music I've been listening to is I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's the one thing I need. It's a good one. It's a good one, right? Um, but I did watch a little bit more telly. I watched part two of the Beatles Get Back. Oh, yeah. That has music in it. That has music Perry. in it. You know. There's quite a bit of music in it, in fact. Um, including uh, Ringo Starr coming in and going, all right, it's me, Ringo Starr of the Beatles. Uh, here's a little ditty I've written. I want to be underneath the sea in an octopus's. Yes, it has literally the moment where Ringo comes in and says, boys, I've written a new song. Do you want to hear it? And it's Octopus's Garden. One of the worst Beatles songs ever written. I thought, you were, I thought you had to start there. I was like, you're like did he write Under the Sea? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, part two is the longest of the three parts, as we know. Uh, clocking in at just under three hours long. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, compelling. I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Um, as I said, I didn't actually realize until I, I was watching this that Abbey Road came out before let it be so abbey road came out 69 let it be came out 1970 and was the the last beatles record but that the let it be recordings took place before the abbey road recordings mm. um so when when ringo came in with octopus's garden i was thinking did this not come out in abbey road already at this stage but no actually it had not um so abbey road even though it was the 11th and penultimate Beatles album that was released. It was actually, Abbey Road was actually the last one they recorded together. So that was a nice little bit of trivia for myself. Um, yeah, still very fun. Uh, I think um, it's a little bit less, um, what's the word? Exciting in a sense, I guess, than part one, because you, at this point you're already like, nearly three hours in and it's more a continuation of that whereas when you watch part one it's all new and it's exciting and there's a bit more drama in part one as i said when george is like all right lads i think i'm leaving the beatles now <laughs> um uh and the introduction of like yoko and john i think john comes off a lot better in part two john is actually very funny um and is is like the very antithesis of paul who like takes it dead dead seriously uh, John will sometimes just like riff on a song, do a silly voice, and you know ruin the take. But uh, overall, I thought I thought part two was very very good. I, um, the idea 
does get thrown out in part two that maybe rather than doing a big farewell show that they would just go up on top of the building and do it do a show from the roof that idea gets floated for the first time in part two Uh, and as mentioned i believe that that whole performance uh is the culmination of part three so i'm also looking forward to seeing that i did actually listen to a bit of the the album again uh let it be which i won't talk about because it's an album from uh 51 years ago but um uh, there's some good 2021 remasters up on Spotify that I was listening to. It's, yeah, I think Let It Be is a pretty good album, even though it wasn't critically super well received at the time. Um, but yeah, part two, more of the same, much more, because it's much longer. Um, but it's kind of that necessary bit between between part one and part three, which, I, which part one is like different because it's the uh it has the intro montage the setup of how they got there it's shot in a different location because they they end up as part of george's agreement to return they end up moving to a a different studio um and then part three is going to be the the performance so part two feels a little bit of the like middle ground where it doesn't quite have the benefit of being the first part nor the finale it's very much the second act right but i thought it was still pretty compelling still pretty good if definitely at times a bit long <laughs> but uh I've, I've actually started part three i'm like 20 minutes into part three um i'm excited to get it to get it watched all righty uh yeah no telly from my myself or joe this week we will uh trudge along here to movie guff um i did watch elf this week um, oh, yeah. Elf, you know, made by that lad what made Iron Man and that lad what is in Spider-Man um, uh, John, Big J Favs Big Johnny Fav Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, He is also an amusingly annoying or annoyed doctor in it as well in a good yes. scene um, I always forget about that movie is that it has some great stop motion animation bits in it I was like where like Will yeah. Ferrell's like interacting with the little uh, children's cartoon narwhal. Um, <laughs> yeah, Elf is good. I think I like Elf more each time I watch it. I think I recall being quite irritated by it at first, but I think it's I think it's good. It's good, you know. Um, it's a classic. It's a classic for the rotation. Um, yeah, that's all I've seen this week. Very very light movie week this week. Obviously, big movie week um, coming up this week. Going to see It's a Wonderful Life tomorrow, which I understand one of you boys has seen this week. And then, of course, I was just there setting up my many filters on Twitter for Spider-Man to not hear anything about it. I have every actor and character's name muted, uh, which I should have done that months ago since half the fucking film has been fucking shared online. Um, But yeah, so that's uh, just the one film for me this week. Uh, Who's who's It's a Wonderful Life this week? Um, we just watched uh, watched that before the show. Uh, it was on, on film four, so um, yeah, of course. If it's on, you got to watch it. Mm. And it's it's oh, I love that film. I think I get it makes me uh, <laughs> more emotional every time I see it. I think it's just getting oh. older. It's like and at the end, and it's like oh, it is a wonderful God, life. The richest man I know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> um, it's great. And the one thing I, one very obvious thing that I'd never picked up on before is, of course, the similarity to Back to the Future Part Two, where, of course, he's going back to the alternate 
um, what, what, what becomes Pottersville, which is the, you know, the town he lives in, Bedford Falls, which is, of course, similar to when Marty goes back to the future in Back to the Future. And it's all horrible and that, and it's all just porno theatres. <laughs> people, I never really like noticed the similarity for those two things before, and then how kind of Back to the Future sort of alludes to that. But yeah, two, two of my favourite films, both portraying uh, bad shit going on in alternative futures. So that was good. Uh, speaking of the future, I also watched a little film called Interstellar. Lovely. Um, I don't know why. I just I just had a. Uh, urge to watch it on i think on thursday so pop that on and um i completely i never well i never ever forgot or never picked up on the fact that timothy chalamet is his um he's the Matthew kid mcconaughey's yeah. son yeah in the movie i was like what it's chalamet what's he doing in it <laughs> and then of course he grows up to be uh paul griffin uh, later on in the movie so that was ah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it was uh i yeah, I'm not sure I enjoyed it as much on this viewing. Um, maybe it seems a bit kind of cheesy on, on rewatch or a lot cheesier yeah. than I remember it. And there's certain aspects of it that I, I do really like. Um, but it's also this kind of weird, like, uh, I don't know, we're, we're, we were never meant to stay here. <laughs> and uh, I'm your ghost, Murph, and all this. this and, okay. <laughs> I still liked it, but yeah. Not, yeah, not. I like the sci-fi elements of it. I think more than the overwrought Chris Nolan emotional yeah. stuff. I kind of like that. I, I like I, Interstellar is always when I think of Chris Nolan that stuff. I for some reason that's the movie I think of because it's like I don't know what's going on here at the end, but it's nice <laughs> what he's doing. Like fair play, lads. You know, like yeah. like Tenet was that, but without the charm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. so. It's kind of like it's the it's the ultimate like whatever the broad strokes are good yeah. and it looks and sounds cool and you know I like I it like I love Ten- Interstellar I think it's great I like Tenet more on a second watch but I think I I like Interstellar slightly less on a second watch yeah uh, I actually um, did watch part of a movie I'm just remembering now go on uh, it was on like do you know on, on Sky you have like the horror channel or yeah. one of those like really subpar movie channels. Mm. Uh, I watched about, I don't know, f- five, ten minutes of a movie called Meteor Apocalypse. Okay. Which is uh, a 2010 American sci-fi film uh, produced and distributed by The Asylum Films. Okay. Okay. Uh, the entire ten minutes were two people in a car driving, shot from the interior of the car. Okay. There's no set design whatsoever. Uh, what the, it was a girl and a man, and the lady was like, I guess, drugged or something, but she was unwell, and he was driving, looking very serious. And then she woke up, and she was trying to like, let me out of the car, let me out of the car. She's like slapping, and then she stops the car. She gets out and is sick, and then they get back in the car and continue driving. And I was like, where is the promised meteor apocalypse? Why are these people just driving in a car for ten <laughs> minutes in this movie that's probably about seventy four minutes long? Um. So that's that's the problem with these asylum films. I know Scott emailed recently about films by the asylum or of of that ilk, and the problem is you remember the uh, 
when, when people think of asylum films, they think low budget, which means wackily bad CGI, and oh, it's a shark who's half of an octopus. But the reality is the low budget <laughs> means that it's it's 20 minutes of people in a car or shot in a McDonald's, yeah. uh, you know, gorilla style, rather than actually being any fun, because this was interminably boring and bad and i would never watch and it got turned off and she was like all right i i've turned on because of the promise of a meteor apocalypse and i'm turning off because of it's actually just uh, people having a boring conversation badly acted in a car um and as far as elf goes i mean when i watch elf uh as i have many many times the the appreciation for james can goes up every time i think he's just great and he he plays that um curmudgeonly kind of Scrooge character very very well. Uh, he's so understated as well. He, he he's That's not the point. He, he's not going to, ham to counter Farrell's constant screaming and waving his arms. You have just James Can very disappointed. You know you, you know <laughs> you know what I what I don't like about Elf though, just since we've circled back to real cinema Elf. Yeah. Um, it has here's the problem with Christmas films. As someone who loves Christmas and loves Christmas films. The the third act is always usually pretty terrible, um, and they have to introduce some other kind of element or usually a supernatural element. I love the Santa Claus. I hate the part of the Santa Claus where they go to Santa's warehouse and they have all the child mm-hmm. actors flying around, and then in the final act of the film, they have the child actors coming back as the uh, elf break out of prison squad that oh, i hate all that stuff it ruins the movie for me elf likewise they just like introduce at the end oh santa's here and he has to try and fly away he's trying to fill this meter which they do establish early on but it's just like they have to do that and then they introduce the the fucking central park cops uh uh, uh you know riding on on horseback like the four horsemen of the apocalypse i always hate that stuff like christmas films never know how to stick the landing i don't love the the Jingle all the way parade finale, but it's all right. You know? What? Well, listen, listen. Well. It's just it's not as good as when he's just running around town trying to get the doll. Oh, there's the doll. <laughs> That's a very booster level take. Oh, how <laughs> dare you! Oh, oh wow. wow. Anyway, we, well, I have yet, we none of us we've all yet to watch Jingle all the way, so we'll. Uh, we'll save that. Uh, we'll save that. That's that a Christmas Day film, if ever there was one. Uh, we speaking of Christmas Day. You know what you bloody love to do on Christmas Day is play a video game. So let's talk. About, let's talk about some video games. First of all, Paul, did you watch or see any of the game awards or see anything of it? Uh, I I woke up on uh, Friday morning. Oh, anticipating. Oh, what big bombs have been dropped? Yeah, yeah. For our Paul yeah. Griffin to yeah. oh, watch the trailer and mm, can't wait for that to come. Out. No, it, in fact, the whole thing was a bomb. Uh, there was nothing on there that I was interested in yeah. whatsoever. Um, basically, every game now that gets announced seems to fall into one of two categories. Uh, hero shooter yes, or dark brooding kind of horror um, with very little in between. I think the only game that kind of uh, didn't f- fit those archetypes was like Tunic or that other Zelda looking one with the little... Leaf. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, everything is uh, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man's in Fortnite now. Uh, yeah. Superheroes. Uh, everything, every, and, and this isn't a slight at Fortnite, because I think, despite my dislike of Fortnite, I think their their very aggressive business model has been nothing but a huge success for them. Oh, of that's course, yeah, absolutely. But every game that gets announced now looks like a Fortnite clone. Yeah. So it's actually come full circle now. We have um, we have come back to that thing from I think early 2010s where studios they they were like multiplayer everything has to be fucking multiplayer oh my god you have to have multiplayer and then yeah. that kind of and people were like that we don't really care about that but after the explosion of Fortnite and other games now we're back yeah. and like I saw and like I saw the the trailer for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game and I was like this is definitely going to be a fucking multiplayer. One person is the killer dead by daylight. Asymmetric, I think. Yeah. And then straight away I saw from the people who brought you Friday the 13th. I'm like, that's not even the good one. That was the one that was like broken. It was actually okay. I play, I think I top on this podcast. That game was okay, but it was horribly broken when it came out. Uh, so like, okay, that's okay. Now I can, cause I actually, I remember when I played until dawn, I was like, do you know what? These people should make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Game. That'd be fucking great. But no, that would be single player. And so we can't do that. You have to have a yeah, game where you can buy, that, yeah. have to have, you have to be able to buy a leather face skin from the sequels. You have to be able to do yeah. all that shit. Leatherface um, twenty eighteen version. The only for tether. The only uh, yeah, that new that new fucking movie is coming out next year on Netflix, so that it might tie into that release, and they'll for they'll sure put will. out a skin for that. Um, the guy who, who directed Don't Breathe is writing that. Apparently, I don't know why he's not doing <laughs> something good instead of doing that. Um, but but um, the other problem with with game kind of trailers and and, and stuff like that is like. So, like, they announced, like, the Wonder Woman game. But, again, it's just, like, kind of, here's, like, a graphic announcing that it's basically happening and it's coming out in seven years or some shit like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, absolutely nothing to show of it. Um, uh, there was a little bit of that here and there. Suicide Squad looks good, I thought, but, again, it's just kind of, like, Yeah, you know. I mean, the problem is, even with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out this year, which has been super, super well-received, it's, like, I can only play so many games of that mold. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm already burnt out and I haven't even played Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, and I think that plays into the fact that everything in films is already superior. So I, I automatically feel burnt out on games, even though I haven't really even had the chance to give them a go. Yeah. It does feel like they're catching up. I think more. I think it's almost kind of in the wake of like Spider-Man and stuff like that. People were like, okay, no, if, if we put out like a little prestige kind of triple A, we're no, we're, yeah. we're, we put a good studio on this and it's going to be good and you're going to like it. Every studio is getting into that. There's definitely there. Oh, I was about to say there'll definitely be another Batman thing. There is a Batman thing coming out. There's that Gotham Knights thing coming out. That's yeah, coming out. Knights. Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, another Spider Man, a Wolverine game. The Avengers is still somehow still trucking along. Uh, I don't know why. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I was I was blown away by much of anything from that show. To be honest, no. And then the 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 hot take at the moment is that like, well, this Game Awards isn't much of an award show. They, they they do two and a half hours of trailers and then go through ten awards in a minute and go uh, who won best screw this oh it's them uh, best music oh Halo best uh, design Fortnite and they just <laughs> it's it's weird the structure of that show to the point that no reverence is given to the actual awards and it's all just trailers yeah um, to the point that like attending it must be such a drag. 
Like, why wouldn't you just sit at home and watch it? Yeah. What would the appeal of going there? Just watch it on a screen in a in a cramped little. I suppose game. they're 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 replicating the actual Hollywood Awards, which is most people go there and they're <laughs> bored and they sit there for <laughs> four hours listening to boring shit. But the Oscars isn't just trailers. Well, that's movies. true. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> if the Oscars was like, here's the new Spider-Man trailer. After fucking best set designer, oh, and then you have Feige complaining that the Oscars are unfair against Marvel movies. Oh my god, kiss my fucking hole. Yeah, who's in that? Shite Feige, I think it was. Oh, what? No, if anything, with their like one nomination they have, they're overly generous. I'm sorry, Black Panther did not deserve an Oscar nomination. I'm sorry, it did not. It was a very good film. I, yeah, it was very, you know, culturally important. I enjoyed it. I've rewatched it. It's very good great well done thumbs up but it's just like it's like we see this conversation on uh, on twitter all the time with like the eternals you know like backlash quote unquote and and marvel people were going crazy about that it's like they make 10 bajillion dollars and except for that one film they're all universally critically acclaimed it's like what do you want this was there's the answer they literally want oscars they it's not enough to be liked respected and rich you have to then also get an award do you know what i mean it's absolutely fucking mental but um Anyway, yeah, the the uh, the game awards. It's just, it's weird because it's like, yeah, it's like they 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 don't they don't put a whole lot of reverence on the awards, and yet uh, somehow I still feel like the awards fan also still feel a little bit wanky. Um, and I yeah. just, I mean, I someone a friend of mine said to me, he's like, oh, it's on at one a.m. I can't. I, I was going to watch it, but I can't. I was like, why would you possibly stay up and watch it live? <laughs> I've, how could you like just? That's what YouTube is for because they're going to chop uh, up all the trailers un- unless you're like the biggest um, Zelda fan and you you were sure they're going to sure. show the Breath of the Wild and you wanted to be there for the moment. But I I would consider myself the biggest Zelda fan. And I thought maybe they'll show up, but I'm not staying up to fucking watch. Yeah, it. it's crazy craziness. Um, speaking of games, anyway, I've played quite a few of them. Go on. So let's start uh, with Perfect Dark Zero. Yes. So the 360 um, game, the Xbox 360, like launch or yes. very close after launch. I think launch. I think yeah. So I recently played Perfect Dark, the uh, Nintendo 64 remaster the xbox version uh thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um still plays like a 64 game albeit with quality of life improvements that make it playable in 2021 i thought it was an absolute blast the tone of it is very unlike what you typically get in shooters um unless you're playing like a borderlands or something very dry very sarcastic very funny very unlike goldeneye in its tone which i didn't expect at all um and I'd never played Perfect Dark before, but I have played Perfect Dark Zero before, and I do own it or did own it on the Xbox 360 when it came out. Um, I don't think I ever finished it. I think I probably played half of it or two-thirds of it and kind of moved on to something else. But I always have a memory of Perfect Dark Zero being a a solid um, shooter, very graphically impressive for its time. Um, and obviously it's got a lot of hate since... Uh, since its heyday, yeah, it's, it's not a game that's looked back on fondly. Um, but I've always thought, like, oh, that's that's. I don't think that's especially fair. I don't remember the game being as bad as people make it out to be. So, having played Perfect Dark uh, this year, I, I wanted to make a point to give Perfect Dark Zero a spin as well and see how well it uh, matches up to my my memory of playing it the first time around. Oh, let me tell you what a big pile of shite that game is. <laughs> Yeah, absolute garbage. Um, so I booted it up on, on Game Pass, of course. I'm not fucking paid for it. It's on Game Pass. No. Booted it up. Um, 
Ooh, sluggish and unresponsive, baby. Exactly what you want from me. Perfect Jack game. First person shooter of any kind. Do you was want? That, can you? I don't know if if you can recall. Was that made by Rare? I actually don't remember. Was it, it was made by Rare. Was yeah. it really? Wow. That's yeah. Um, now, well, it being made by Rare, I don't think is necessarily conducive to the fact that it was made by anyone who worked on the original Perfect Dark. I think by that yeah, stage, yeah, that's true. A lot of people had jumped ship already because Time Splitters two, or if, if not the first Time Splitters. Time Space 2 had already been out at that stage, or or was in the maybe a yeah. Well, I no, I think I think that was Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think all three of the uh, I think all three of the Time Splitters games were out had been out already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those people that weren't working there, they were bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, they were, zombie, they were zombie rare. Um, very sluggish, very unresponsive. So when you're when you're playing like obviously it, it, it's maybe a not fair comparison to make when you're playing Halo in 2021, and it's very twitchy, very woo woo woo, and you can move. Uh, with just the thumbsticks, never mind mouse and keyboard, you can move just with the thumbsticks, you can be very accurate, very quickly. Perfect Dark Zero, you feel like you're turning underwater when you're trying to turn to shoot somebody. Right. It is so slow. And actually, there's like an input delay, which uh, I was watching some reviews about it. Apparently, it was even worse on the actual release. That's something Jeez. that's been somewhat cleaned up for the re-release. Uh, it controls like absolute dog shit. Um, the graphics are very clean and 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 that uh, which i think is maybe the one aspect of it that does hold up but the art style is super ugly um mm. i don't get on with it at all it doesn't have of what i played and i didn't play a lot to be fair but of what i played it doesn't have any of the tone of the original it, it it's it's still a little bit silly but it takes itself much more seriously than perfect art it, it, it's not very tongue-in-cheek like the original one was in fact it's quite lame um, so I just played like two levels and I was like, nope. Everyone who said this game is a big old steaming shit on the side of the road was absolutely correct. Vindicated. And I, I uninstalled it and said, yep, sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> it's good It's good to admit when you're mistaken like that. Good to, yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing is you can, ha- you know, opinions can change over time. You can ha- hold an opinion about something, revisit it. And then maybe it's not, you have a different opinion. I'm hoping that I will have that with the witch when I eventually revisit that. Um, so, Perfect Dark Zero, uninstalled. Don't, would not recommend. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, does not hold up in any way, shape, or form. I also gave that Matrix, uh, the Matrix Awakens, yes. Unreal, un, Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, a, a, a blast. Um, not much of a game, to be fair. So don't go in with expectations that there's there's really any kind of narrative thrust to it. Okay. Um, it's definitely just a showcase for the Unreal Engine, and in fact, I would be interested to see how it um how it looks on a, a Series X because I found on the S that the whether it was like 4K graphics being compressed or right. whatever it was, I found that the the graphics were very good, but that there's certainly a little like jaggedness to it. Or bits where, like, characters' hair, for example, you would have some, like, artificing around the hair where right. it kind of clashed with the background. That might just be an issue of the S uh, trying to show 4K content in, t- in 1080p. I don't know. Okay. But I generally found it quite more interesting than, you know, an experience you'd recommend to people. So th- there are basically three sections to it. One, which is, like, a little graphic, like an intro to show off the graphical power of, of the engine. So you have Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss talking about uh, the Matrix and, and and video games to an extent. It's a, it's, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, 
and the graphic they're, they're represented like in 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 cutscene graphic style and they look great and then you have a little um what appears to be not quite a quick time event action scene but it's actually a, a real time action scene that is very very fun and then after that you're just let loose in the world and it's this big world kind of like in debug mode where you can run around fly like the camera will just go like you can go with the camera wherever you want but there's no like objectives or anything to do it's just run around and look at the sea so i probably was on it for like 15 20 minutes and mm. um, once you reach the third part there's not a lot to do so i just ran around for like 10 minutes and i was like okay i i've got from this uh what there is to get uh the engine and what it allows you to do looks super cool like the second part of it is definitely the most impressive uh when you consider without talking about what it is for people who haven't played it yet or, or don't know uh the second part is the most uh impressive when you consider that it's real time it's not um pre-rendered quick time or pre-rendered or pre-organized it's right. all the ai arranging the stuff to happen in the sequence and the order that it happens um so quite a nice little tech demo a bit of fun but it's not like a game a game no it's it's not a game and it never will be a game for all intents and purposes it's just a little unreal and the matrix getting together to promote the new matrix movie and show off what unreal engine 5 can do in the hopes that developers might think to use that when yeah. they're making their next games yeah i i'm, I'm curious about that um uh, I, I i was planning tomorrow to do a, a little smackdown stream I'm, I'm gonna stick that at the beginning of it and just, yeah. just run through. well you you won't be too long the, on yeah it, that's, like yeah. i said if you have the expectations that it's it's purely a tech demo i think i think it's it's as far as they go it's it's quite enjoyable uh speaking of enjoyable finished fallout 3 last week finished oh, death stranding last week but I was waiting for Halo Infinite to come out on on the Wednesday, so I said, "Well, let me play a little, let me play a little in between game here." So I, I I looked at the games that I downloaded on on Game Pass and looked on how long to beat dot com mm-hmm. and say, "Right, is there a game here that's like four or five hours that I could realistically beat in two days uh, from having finished Death Stranding to when I'm going to be able to play Halo Infinite?" And so, without looking at scores or reviews or anything i just decided right i'm going to play the artful escape right my god i've heard good things. what is what an experience this game was absolutely loved it absolutely loved it so what it is in in essence right the artful escape is a limbo style 2d platformer but instead of being a and this, I, I, I don't particularly like Limbo, but I'm not saying this as a criticism. Instead of being like a dour, yeah, dark and white kind of game, yeah, dark and miserable game, it is the exact opposite. Okay, it is a beautiful, colorful uh, scenery, incredible music, super fun to play, uh, totally very funny, while at the same time. Um, telling a story with a, like actual weight and meaning to it about uh, accepting who you are and you know f- fuck people who want to put you in a box, basically. Um. So yeah, it's, it's like I think it took me about four hours to be. I got all the achievements as well, which I don't really do on Xbox because 
that's a whole other other conversation to get into is the trophies versus achievements yeah. deal. Xbox have they're five years past needing to update their achievement system. That's another conversation. Um. So, but I did go back and get the achievements because I just wanted. I enjoyed the game so much. I was like, let me just squeeze every bit of content out of it. Like whatever I've missed, let me go back and get. Um. So the story is just to give you the setup: is you play the nephew of a Bob Dylan type who's like revered as the 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 music legend of this little podunk town, right? And he's uh, since passed away, and it's the anniversary of I think it's the anniversary of his death or maybe the release of like his most famous album or something but there's some big anniversary coming up related to him and you're playing your first kind of coming out concert as the new bob dylan type to take up the mantle from your uncle um but here's the thing you although you write these folk songs you play these folk songs you secretly want to be a fucking space (laughs) fucking guitar (laughs) god right well, you can't because that's not what life has set you up to be, right? Uh, and you meet this girl, this mysterious girl, which sets you on a path through space and time, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style. Um, and if I was to to liken it to things, it's, it's very unique, but if I was to liken it to things, it's like equal parts, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, Journey, a little bit of journey and and maybe limbo. They would be it would be like those three mixed into one okay. and swirled with uh, in a big cauldron. Um, absolutely adored it. The music is sensational. So while you are going through the game, you can like you 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 have a guitar the entire time, right? And if you hold the X button, your play your your guy you're controlling will like guitar solo, right? But it's it's not like over the top like you might see in a game like brutal legend or something it's it's not corny it it really fits with the music of the game and, and within right. the game world and as you're going in certain areas the world will react like flowers will open up or lights will come on as you progress if you're a guitar soloing so you right. there are some achievements for like turn on all the lights in the town so you're like um but the story is is so much fun. Uh, it's it's definitely got that. Um, I don't know where it's developed actually, so I don't know if this is accurate. But it has that kind of British sense of humor to it. Right. So, like I said, it's a little bit drier. It's it's not um, it's not MCU comedy. Right. Um, but like uh, thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. What what a, a surprise that was! It was exactly the game. Uh, that I needed at that time. And it's funny because I played it as the in-between game, right? Between Death Stranding and Halo Infinite. I might end up liking it more than I do those <laughs> games. <laughs> um, an absolute joy, an absolutely excellent experience. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Wow. I mean, I heard I'd heard it was good, and then I kind of... I, I never really watched a trailer for it. And like I said, I didn't really love Limbo. I didn't love the the gameplay of it. So I was like, is this really going to be for me? Oh, it was absolutely for me. It was great. Yeah, that, and so I'm looking forward to that now. You've you've hyped me up for the that's two in a row you've got me going for. So yeah, I've got that installed yeah. already. It is it's brilliant. And it, it's it's like I said, four four to five hours long, depending on how much time you just spend taking in the the graphics. Like for as bad as the art style of something like Perfect X Zero is 
oh, what an incredible art style the Artful Escape has. Um, and it's on Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox or you have Game Pass for PC or whatever, I don't know if it's actually on the PC subscription, mm. but if you can pick up the Artful Escape, I would highly recommend I, oh, it's It's been a while since I, I enjoyed a game as much as I have uh, as that one. And anyway, now we come to the main event because Wednesday did come. And so I, I pre-installed Halo Infinite for release on Wednesday, the 8th of December. And so I was at work, doing my work, playing the flute. Yeah, I was about to say, you the Pied Piper. (laughs) (laughs) And and lunchtime came, and I said, right, got to clock out here and play a little bit of Halo on my break. Picked up the Xbox controller, opened the application, campaign, hit X. Uh, yes, you can pre-order the campaign uh, on this store, uh, 69 and 99 Europeans. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't pre-order and pay money. I have Game Pass. It's free, yeah. mate. Mr. Xbox, you not know about Game Pass. I thought it was your own company. <laughs> Maybe there was something I didn't do. I cl- close out, shut down the Xbox, turn it back on. Open Halo. Campaign X. Pre-order money. I said, all right, well, what's going on? All right, to go go to Twitter. Halo Infinite not working. What the fuck is this? Oh, it's a global launch. It's literally, you can't play until 6 p.m. Irish Six. British time. Six. Not like 9 or 12, which would still be annoying. You know, 9 a.m. or 12 p.m. Six. 6 p.m. Yeah, like, oh, my God. GTA was the same. I was like, it was three, I think. But I was like, what the fuck? So... I was all in the mood. I was all ready for it. Can't play yet. Okay. I shall wait till later. No worries. I have it pre-installed. The clock will turn six, and I'll be fucking shooting grunts and living living my best life. Six o'clock comes. I watch, I watch the clock ticking down the seconds. Right. Open Halo Infinite. Campaign. Hit X. Here we go. Uh, what's this button that says download? <laughs> what's this button? I, pre-ins- I pre-installed the game. Yeah. Microsoft, what's this download button about? Oh, uh, well, first of all, you need to do you need to download the day one patch. That's three gigabytes. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> get the patch right. Three go. I'll wait twenty minutes. That's fine. No problem. Patch downloads. Turn off the Xbox. Turn it back on. Here we go. <laughs> A download campaign. Eighteen gigabytes, yeah. mate. What? What? So I didn't. I didn't. From the six p.m., you can play it now. Uh, time limit or or deadline, whatever you want to call it. I think I actually started playing it at like not half nine. Oh, that's, <laughs> terrible. that's terrible, especially in the age of like preloading and all that. Like I can remember, I remember like getting home from the midnight launch of GTA Five and similar thing. It's like oh well, I have to put the fucking disc in, and it took an hour to fucking install. Then there was a patch. Then it has its long load time, and I was like, "Well, whatever, that's PS3 for you." But yeah, like, like yeah. So you had the Halo Infinite launcher installed, and you clicked on campaign before the launch, and all they said was buy it, not pre-install that separate yeah. piece. So when six o'clock rolled around, you then had to commence the downloads. Um, how have we not facilitated around <laughs> all of this stuff yet? Um, I don't know. I really I don't, don't know. Um. I was so shocked. Download campaign. I'm like, have I not already done that? I pre-installed it. New for I, I don't know whether they just didn't want it like leaked early or something. That that's they, my like, assumption. But like I, I like 
I remember Mario Odyssey launched at midnight. Like, even Nintendo gets it at midnight. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. The GTA one pissed me off. I was like, oh, you don't want spoilers out for this this game? Like, <laughs> this remake. This remake from 2001. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And, and like that as well. Like, the UI is so... Like, I had to go to Twitter and, like, what, just put GTA in and filter by new. And then I eventually found an article that said, oh, yeah, here's the launch times. It's like, why does the fucking new machine that we all just bought that's the most powerful thing in the fucking world why does it have like a countdown why does it tell you you have to wait until this time um yeah. but in general the concept is just so dumb it's so dumb but uh anyway anyway once i had downloaded my my extra 21 gigabytes <laughs> of data i was ready to go um so i booted up the game and it actually worked this time it was great <laughs> reminds me a bit of the um in, in, in a better way it reminds me a bit of the hitman 3 launch where i couldn't play it for like a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember them days uh lads i want to play my game won't let me play what's going on oh too fucking bad we want to, we're gonna send out tweets promoting the release of a new game that you can't play <laughs> anyway halo infinite time so halo infinite or halo 6 the six in the six in the mainline series of halo games is a lot a lot of fun I am uh, 34% completion uh, through the game. Uh, eight hours, just under eight hours played. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm about halfway through the campaign. So the campaign has 15 chapters and I'm just, I just finished chapter seven. So I'm really at like the halfway mark. Mm. I'm just about to begin chapter eight of 15. Um, so let's talk about the good first. Uh, for as critical as I was about how it looked when it launched, uh, when they when they showed that first trailer, however long ago, uh, I think the game is actually really pretty. Uh, I think the graphics uh, do hold up as a representation of kind of the next generation of of consoles. I think it's a very good looking game. Um, uh the the implementation of the grapple shot yes yeah as a- every game now must have a grappling hook i'm fine with that uh, 100% it is it is the the glue that ties the entire game together it's it's crazy to think it's taken them this long to implement because once you start using it it just it becomes second nature and you think how did i play halo without the grapple shot before <laughs> Um, because you can use it for traversal, you can use it um, against enemies, you can use it for grabbing guns off the floor, or grabbing, they have these, um, they're called coils, but they're basically big um, cuboid bombs, basically. You can pick one up and chuck it. Okay. And so having the grapple shot enabled, because you have other, other items that you can unlock, um, it just becomes like a third arm. You know, it's, right. it's, it's so second nature that you're like, right, uh, find a boss. Uh, I'm going to grapple shot because I've maxed out already the grapple shots abilities, right? So grapple shot to the enemy, hit him with a melee as I hit him, grapple shot away so I don't get damaged, grapple shot uh, one of these um, uh, coils, throw it at the boss, grapple shot away so I don't get damaged, you know, grapple shot that, that gun from the rack over there. Bah, 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 bah. And so the grapple shot, um, in terms of battle, but also in terms of, of traversal, is is probably the single most important implemented um, ability in the game. So even like climbing up cliffs, you can grapple shot to a point. Right, your grapple shot is only can only go so far, obviously. But when you grapple shot, you don't just zip to that location. You travel with like momentum. 
So as you go up, you will actually pass by the point to which you grappled to initially before you start to fall back down, at which point your grapple shot cooldown has finished and you can shoot again to a higher point. Mm -hmm. So you can literally climb up a mountain using this ability. And it's super, super satisfying, works super, super well. And one of the uh, abilities, like I said, is to shorten the cooldown on it. So that's one of the first things uh, a player should do. Um, the structure of the game, I also quite enjoy. The open world um, lends itself very well to the Halo universe. Master Chief isn't doing, like, fetch quests <laughs> necessarily, but you have, like, uh, Assassin's Creed-style list of special target enemies. Like, this is the boss of this region. Right. And if you kill that boss, you'll unlock a specific... Uh, a weapon that's specific to that boss that you can then um, generate in, in one of your bases. Um, so these will be like weapons with special modifiers, might do more damage or have a uh, better accuracy or, or quicker cooldown or whatever. Um, and also, um, the story itself, if you've, if you've not played the previous Halo games, you will not have a fucking clue what's going on. But as far as I am in so far, the story is much easier to follow. Okay. As you go, I've I've said before when I played Halo, like from cutscene to cutscene, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> something about Cortana and uh, Halo and the uh, Forerunners, and I don't. It's all fucking Greek to me. This one is much easier to follow what's happening, so that's that's definitely a plus. Um, and finally, one of the best things about it is the ability to completely remap the buttons to whatever you want. Oh wow! Okay, so you start with a default button layout but there's a custom option where you can literally change around whatever you want so here's some of the the foibles i have with the default controls and i had to change them right away so the left bumper button has always in the halo games been the throw grenade button right mm -hmm. but now that they've introduced the grapple shot when you're playing the game the gun is always displaying from the right hand side right mm -hmm. so it's if you're holding a handgun he's always holding in the right hand bang 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 Grapple shot is always done with the left hand. And so there's a dissonance between the gr the, the grapple shot ability is, is mapped to the right bumper, right. but he uses his left hand for it. So if, if I don't know why this, this affects me, but that because I, it's visually showing from the left hand side, it makes me hit left bumper. Yeah, I get, no, I get you. I get you. Yeah. So I was like, right, we're going to put bombs to right trigger mm. and we're going to put the grapple shot to the left trigger. So I just sw I swapped them around because it was just easier for my brain to to follow. Yeah, because um, to press right bumper and something happening on the left side threw me off. Also, and I don't know if this is like um, a Call of Duty style. It's just the way first person shooters are. But um, the default has crouch as the B button. Yeah. And melee as the push in the right stick. Yes, yeah, that's a Call of Duty thing. Yeah, yeah. To me, I couldn't wrap. My, I was like, no, melee is going to be B, and crouch is going to be press in the right, right. stick. Right. Okay. I couldn't. So there are the two changes I made to controls. Um, I always like my sprint and my crouch to be on the th the sticks. Like, yeah, yeah. L three R three. I think that's basically. good. I think that's fair. Um, especially when when used with the grapple shot. Right, you're grappling in. And you want to hit B to hit the melee. Oh, it, it does melee automatically, but also when when you're in a firefight, I want to hit one button to do melee. 
uh, when I'm being attacked by like 10 enemies. I don't want to be pushing the thumbstick and oh no, it went up instead of in. And oh, just let me press a button. I don't want to be pre- pressing the stick is too fiddly for when you're in a high, high, high pressure situation. For crouch, that's fine. I don't crouch that often. So I'll just press the button, press the stick in for crouch. Um, what then is maybe on the, the, the nitpick side is. Uh, so when, when you start, when you come out finally into the open world, the, the, the first two hours of the game are, are the kind of corridor halo that people right. know and love. And then there's like a Breath of the Wild style moment where you come out and, oh, it's, it's the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you look at the map and you go, okay, well, this, this is obviously the first area. And then when I progress, it'll like the map will will uh, get bigger and open up. No, that map you see is actually the whole world. It does not get any bigger. Um, And so as a result, the game feels very small, even though I'm like eight hours in now, which is the typical length of an entire Halo campaign. Uh, Somehow it feels smaller, um, I guess, because in comparison with other open world games, even, even something of the level of Ghost of Tsushima, it seems just very condensed and very small. Um, also, uh, and I'm sure people have, have said this thousands of times by now, but there is there is only one uh, style of scenery, and that's foresty mountains. Forest, yeah, okay. And there's no, uh, no differentiation to that. And now, to be fair... I don't necessarily expect in this one small area of the world, you're necessarily going to have the forest area, the snow area, the lava area, blah, blah, blah. But um, the effect it has on me is I like in a game where you can tell what way an area is without having to look at the map. So if you're in the snowy area, say, you're like, right, I'm in the south, which means I'm close to this, which means I'm close to this. And so you can work out and learn the geography of the world. In Halo, everything looks the same. So I have no idea where I am relevant or or uh, related to anything else in the game, uh, which I have a problem with because I, I, I very much like in games or, for, or even, even in movies, I like to be able to learn the geography of stuff. So something like um, Knives Out. I like to be able to figure out the geography the of the house. house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, or like we talked about uh, recently, um, Malignant, where they go in and suddenly the house is enormous. Yes. That kind yeah. of stuff I, I will tend to notice in games or, or, or in movies. Here in Halo, because everything looks l- the same, I, I find it difficult to like connect to the world yeah. because there's not an area where I'm like, oh, my favorite area of the game is this part because it's all the same. And then actually navigating from area to area is slightly less fun because of that. Um, so I would have liked a bit more variety, even if in terms of the logic of the world, it doesn't make sense, just to give it, um, you know, something different. Like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, again, I love that the first, the second, and the third parts are all very different, so you can tell, okay, I'm in the lower part of part two or whatever. Um, what else is there to say? Yeah, the guns the guns are all meaty and, and, and work very well. The sound is great. Visuals are great. Story is typical Halo fare. It's a little little wishy-washy but it's fine uh really like the weapon which is the the new cortana mm. um there's a new a new little ai friend you have she's very funny um because she's she's kind of naive and kind of doesn't know what's going on but she she's very funny um and yeah i mean the, the in terms of being an open world game there's lots of little collectibles to get 
Um, I found two skulls already, which I was very bad for finding skulls in the previous games. The skulls are like um, golden eye style game modifiers. Right. I don't know if there's a DK mode necessarily, but um, <laughs> they are usually hidden in hard to get to areas. Okay. So it's like, unless you're looking for them, you're not going to find them. But I found two already. Um, and there's, you know, there's collectibles, there's um, mo- uh, multiplayer like customizable suits and stuff, which I'll never use, but I- I'm collecting them as collectibles anyway. Audio logs, which are all very good. Um, and Spartan cores, which are your like power up your abilities. There's okay. no XP. There's no XP in the game, for example. You you collect these collectibles and then that's your current. That's your current okay, to, to upgrade. Right. To upgrade. Um but yeah, I mean, I like the ex- the exploration of it. It does do that thing though where um when you take over, it's called a fob. It's like a forward operating base. When you take over, it's like your little your little base where you can generate a, a vehicle, specific guns, marines to help you, etc. When you take over one of them in typical Fire Cry open world games or Ubisoft games, uh, it will open show you some stuff on your map that's close by, like collectibles and lockables. And the logic of that is that these bases are. Uh, the baddies are using them to communicate to each other, and so you get some of that data. So it shows you on the map where right. these things are, which I, I like. I like that they've at least explained it in the world of the game. Um, but it doesn't unlock everything. So what you have to do is you have a scan ability, which they introduced in the previous Halo game. Um, and when you scan, even if you don't see it at the time, if you find like a Spartan core or you find a skull. Even though if you don't see it, it will still show up on your map as you have scanned it. You've you've found it within the game, so it benefits you to be scanning a lot as you go. Um, and one of the most fun parts that I've uh, played so far was actually completely optional. It was, and actually, was a result of a bug. Um, I had a Spartan core on my map uh, that was underneath one of the first big, um, like boss zones, which was it's called the Tower. Like when you when you arrive in the open world, your first mission will be like go to the tower, and there's something there you have to get some MacGuffin. Um, but I saw that there was a Spartan core beside the tower. But when I went to it, the in the world the little waypoint was actually like on top of the tower, which is actually a bug. The thing is not actually on top of the tower. It's it's a little it's underneath it to the side. So that's something that'll probably get patched by the time people play this. But I didn't know that at the time, so I'm like, I'm getting to the fucking top of this tower. You're not supposed to go to the top of the tower. Um, so you can get up to a certain point with your grapple shot, but the top of the tower has like a lip around the outside of it. So right. you, cannot, you cannot just go to the top and climb up. So I climbed up as far as I could, and what I had to do then was face outwards, and there was like these little hangy bits from the edge of the lip grapple shot onto one of them my momentum to take me out into the air nothing underneath me anymore for a thousand meters turn around Mm. let the grapple shot cool down (laughs) end and before i fall too far grapple shot back onto it like fucking spider-man okay and i made it made it first time and my god the feeling of satisfaction has been unmatched by any boss fight or anything else in the game so far and what was on there was a little skull. And I was like, oh, I fucking found you. Look at that. It was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. Now, if I had fallen, if I had missed it and just fallen down, I wouldn't have bothered to go back. <laughs> but 
the satisfaction of doing it and that the game has given you this tool that allows you to have moments like that was super super cool yeah i mean i'm i'm really enjoying i think more than anything else it's a it's one of those uh games that's very easy to pick up sink a few hours into and have a lot it's, it, it in a sense it's it it's uh reminds me a lot of like the uh, the Insomniac Spider Spider Man games that we were playing, mm. not because you have this graphic necessarily, but like just in terms of it being easy to pick up, play for two hours straight, and feel like well, I've had I've had a load of fun playing it, and I've had my filled out with two hours. I'll, I'll go do something else, but um, definitely, definitely a a very very fun game, and uh, in a sense, much better than I was. <laughs> even expecting it to be because i i expected that by now i'd, I'd have a bit more halo burnout than than i do and maybe it's because they've chosen this moment to kind of shake up the formula if it was another 15 individual linear missions maybe i'd be like oh, i've had kind of had enough of these now but it was the right time to maybe make a move and in a sense i think that the open world it, it is going to be the breath of the wild moment where it's like okay how do you go back now from this? This this surely has to be what Halo is going forward now. They can't go back to the the mission select model of, of Halo's past. Um. So yeah, I, I'd give it a big thumbs up so far. I'd probably, like I said, have another two thirds to go. So it'll probably take me in the re- in the region of twenty four hours, hopefully to beat. Uh, and hopefully I'll have a beaten before Christmas, which will allow me to play a bit of Forza Horizon. Oh, yes. And a bit of Banjo Tui. Banjo Tui. Oui, oui. Banjo Wee oui, Wee. Oui. Anyway, that is all I've been playing this week. Uh, this week I did play some of the aforementioned Fortnite. Mm. Uh, you know, I played some of my pals. We jumped back into it. They started their new fucking. I tell you, I jump back into Fortnite every now and then just to see what's new in it. But can I just say, I, I, what just, is that? important disclaimer? I'll just, I'll just say, I have no idea what the story is. I've never even attempted to watch it. Every season or chapter kicks off with like a cutscene. It makes so little sense. Like the last, not this most recent one. The previous one I watched was like a big epic battle scene, like Infinity War. But it's like Kratos with an AK and fucking stormtroopers <laughs> on it. It's and and like in, in the midst of all that, all their original characters in there. Complete madness. I've no idea what's going on. This one, I didn't even know Fortnite had a story. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, like in the same, like like so many, it has like lore. You when when you're playing okay. your the battle royale mode, you could talk to NPCs and find little things, and they have their live events, which are sometimes concerts. Right. I didn't know that, but they are also sometimes they are also like story events. I I honestly I literally do not know the first thing about it, and I've I've played the game on and off since it launched. Um, uh, people do follow it. They have original characters. There is a central conflict. There's a goodies versus baddies thing going on. I'm not sure what the nature of it is. I also don't know how all the licensed characters figure into it. I assume it's so it is a kind of fucking Doctor Strange type thing where there's just portals and they just come. I think that's, you know, yeah. I, I, it's it's good. But like this one kicks off with a, not just a cutscene. This opens with a little classic video game walk and talk thing where your character, whichever, whichever fucking licensed character you have selected, wakes up on a desert island and slowly walks over to a campfire to listen to some campers, which in my case was Venom. So Venom's like walking over and they're like, ah, weary traveler, listen to our tale. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I just, just get past this. Um, but yeah, Fortnite is funny in the ways that it is stupid um um and one of the ways it's stupid that i i've actually kind of grown to unironically like is that because it has all those licensed assets it is now like playing in a toy box 
Like, it's it's a great game for me and my friends to play because it's free. We all have it. We're all on different systems, but it has cross-play. Uh, we've all jumped into it at different times throughout its launch. So I'm there, and I've got my fucking Venom guy, and my friend has a Harley Quinn. My other friend has John Wick. And then my other friend is playing as some absolutely ridiculous Saturday morning cartoon Fortnite creation, and that's fun. But, like, Fortnite, like, all it does is just nick other stuff from games. Like, obviously, the whole Battle Royale thing was just taken straight from PUBG. So much yeah. so that they got sued of nothing came of it, but they tried to sue them for it. Apex Legends launched and they introduced like being able to tag things and and and, and all sorts of stuff. Being able to uh, revive your dead teammates and Fortnite's like yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Most recently, they got into trouble for for they have an Among Us mode that they just called that they just called imposters and everyone's like what's going on. So for this new season they've launched, they've like they've randomly out of nowhere added sliding a la a Call of Duty game where if you run and you have enough momentum yeah. and you press crouch, your character will do a slide, which is good. They've also, in the style of Halo, how Halo 4, whichever one did it first, they now have limited aim down sights stuff. Fortnite doesn't hasn't had that stuff for the four years it's existed. But now one specific gun, if you get it, has aim down sights. And it's not a sniper rifle. They have a sniper rifle that has it. And then they also have like one of the three assault rifles has a Call of Duty style red dot scope that when you uh, when you press aim, it's a third person game. It snaps super fast into incredibly zoomed in aim down sights that looks so <laughs> stupid and it's so jarring and it's also overpowered as fuck because you could just obliterate people with it. So it's just this constant like shoehorning in other stuff, but that's kind of funny. Like they also have cars now. Well, they've had that for a couple of a couple of seasons. That have radio stations like GTA, and they play like oh, they play God. current music. Like they have Little Nas X on there. Like it's all current stuff. There's no retro station. It's all just pop and rock and rap. Um, it's so wacky, but it's 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 amusing in its wackiness. They've also so they have so you mentioned it, they've got Spider Man in it, and Spider Man can actually web sling. But the thing about Fortnite is when they put in an emote or a weapon or a whatever, you can you can mix and match. So I my Venom, he has the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, earpiece thing on him because I got the Horizon character as well. So you can swap that around. And I make him wear Batman's cape because I just think it's funny for him to wear Batman's cape. So uh, I won a game. I won a solo game yesterday. I was very proud of myself where it was Venom, myself, squaring off with Rick Sanchez in the final circle. And uh, I was being very tactical. I was building. And obviously, I think Rick didn't have any material. But he'd obviously been playing the game long enough to unlock Spider-Man. So he just starts web swinging around from the trees in the area while I'm shooting in the air trying to get him because he'd equip Spider-Man's web shooters. It's fucking stupid as fuck, but it's very amusing. Um, uh, so yeah, I've I, I've kind of grown to a, enjoy on a very very base level enjoy Fortnite for the uh, stupidity that it is. Um, so yeah, I, I I revisited that this week. Other than that, uh, let me pull back up my uh, my document here. Actually, I'm trying to remember what else I uh, played here this week. Just before we came on the air, I did um, I played a little bit more Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm still enjoying. Um, and I have put a lot more time, a lot more time into Psychonauts 2, which literally every time I sit down and play it, that game is like creeping up a slot in my game of the year ranking. It's like better and better every time I play it. It's, it's really tremendous. It is really tremendous. Cause I mentioned, 
uh, on the last show that like, oh, your central kind of hub is like this like psychic CIA lab. And it's like over here is like the intern training program. And here's where the agents hang out. And here's the canteen. And they all have secret nooks and crannies and there's collectibles. And oh, you climb up on the lighting and you get into an air duct and there's a collectible and all this stuff. And I thought that was kind of the game hub. And that I put about an hour into the into the game after last week's show and then i discovered no there's a whole outside region as well that you can explore and it's basically the 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 lab is in the middle of a quarry and then off to the side of the quarry there's a forest and the forest has like a haunted forest section and there's all this other stuff tons and tons of stuff to see explore it's not again i wouldn't call it fully open world it's not it's more kind of like a platformer that has open worldy elements to it. Uh, it's all very finely crafted. It's none of this kind of here's a big city where we've replicated several blocks and stuff like that. Like no, it's all very finely crafted stuff to explore. Um, but I, I'm just absolutely loving. It. I got to an area uh, um, uh, in the last couple of uh, hours playing with it called the questionable area, which has big like. Gravity Falls vibes. It's like uh, a kind of weird kind of middle America kind of forest with a little like a diner with a big cartoon lumberjack uh, uh, statue standing next to it. And the diner is shaped like a giant stack of pancakes and all the signage in the questionable area because it's like the spooky part of the forest. All the signage ends in question marks. So when you're going to like the campsite, it says campsite and it's little cute little things like that. Um, I'm loving it. I'm just loving it. I think it looks great. I think it's genuinely really good as a collectathon platformer. Uh, I'll get, I'll climb up a tree to get one thing, and then in the distance I'll see another thing, and then so I'm. Next thing you know, it's been a half hour since I did a main objective, but I don't care because I'm being pulled in all these other directions. I think the writing is really clever. I think it's genuinely quite interesting in how it deals with. Um, uh, um, the mind and stuff like that. Like obviously the hook of the psychonauts is that they go into people's brains. And so a lot of the platforming yeah. is in people's heads. So there's one section early on in the game where you go into one of your teacher's uh, uh, brains and her level is like a hospital because she's a doctor and she's like kind of like a disgraced doctor who then joined the psychonauts. So you mess around in her brain. And the reason you mess around in the brain is because you're trying to uh, convince her to take a risk by bringing you a child basically on this super important spy mission. So you go into her brain and you tinker around in this hospital level that represents her brain and you make a connection between the term risk and I think it's reward or something like that. So then you go on this mission with her um, and then it's in a, it's where they try and infiltrate a casino that they're not allowed in because you can't be a psychic in a casino. And she gets distracted and she runs off gambling in the casino because you've made this connection in her brain. So you then go back into her brain to fix it and they've done this like you basically go back to the hospital but it, they've changed it to like if Vegas had a hospital themed uh, casino, so it's all like neon tinged and, and uh, you know, where there's like, there used to be x-rays pinned up on the wall. Now they're like playing cards and you play a version of like Plinketto called like, I think it's called pill keto or something like that, where it's like trying to make a person swallow medicine. And it's all just really nicely crafted. And the art design is so fantastic. Um, uh, and, and there's some, there's some, concepts battered around deeper in those levels that I don't really want to get into. I don't think I would do them justice anyway, but uh, it's fantastic. I'm absolutely loving Psychonauts too. Um, so that's a, a big recommend. Uh, it was already a big recommend last week, but it's one of those ones, like I said, every every time I go back to it, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. There's something new that I see that I'm like, that's fantastic looking or sounding or that's funny or that's cute or, or I like this character or I like this twist on a level I was already in. 
Um, yeah, so so big ups for that one. I like that you called it Plinketto instead of Flinko. You're on brand with the. Oh, sorry, I, 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 I fumbled <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm watching too much of my my red letter media. Um, but yeah, so that is the uh, game guff for this week, and we can uh, oui, oui. jump over here to the emails. And I will actually kick off here with the emails because I have a continuation of our feature from last week with our, our good friend Will emailed in a list of questions. He was asking me movies to be buried with. Uh, so I have the, the the run sheet of cues here to ask Paul Griffin. Uh, I've been racking mm-hmm. my brain all week to try and right my wrong and think of an actual sexy film. Um, because I did, what's the, I, think, I believe I picked uh, Showgirls because I was uh, <laughs> on the spot last week. Um, and I was trying to remember like what I was like, what was that fucking movie that Selma Hayek was incredibly hot in as like a, the, the one Tarantino's in? Oh, Dust Till Dawn. I'll go with that one, even though it's not a very sexy movie, but she's a very sexy lady in it. Um, she's uh, nice, I think, of an answer. Yeah, that. that's that's the hardest one. Well, Paul, you're off because Will has sent me the list of questions, and we will run through it here. I'm going to do my best inside the, the actor's studio voice. Okay, Paul, first question. James Lipton. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Hello, I'm James Lipton. That's terrible. Anyway, Paul, first question. First yes. movie you remember seeing? Uh, I think I saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in the cinema re-release in like 92, 93. Lovely. Okay. Uh, scariest film? Mm, scariest film. Maybe, I don't think anything has come as, as close to like properly spooking me as like the last five minutes of Blair Witch. Mm. Because um, I think, yeah, I, I, I've, I don't know. Like, I obviously don't watch gory films, and I, I enjoy a properly spooky film. But I, I always can maintain the veneer of its film. So I, I don't like. I get like heart pounding, but I'm not like frightened by it per se. Whereas the the last five minutes of Blair Witch, I was like, all right, this, this is a movie and all that, but this, this is some fucked up shit. <laughs> this got my toes sweating. Uh, the next question here, funniest film. Ooh, that's a good question because there there are films that I I do the thing of I watch and go, hmm, that's very funny. And then there's films that actually are maybe not as funny, but that I laugh uproariously at for like 10 straight minutes. I will say the movie that has made me laugh the most, which is maybe a different question, but the movie that's made me laugh the most is... Uh, the interview starring Seth Rogen and name redacted. I did not expect that answer. Oh, because there's a bit where, uh, Randall Park who plays Kim Jong-un says, uh, there's, there's a thing in the film where he, they say he's got no butthole and then he confides into, uh, confides to name redacted that he does have a butthole. He says, my butthole was working overtime. And I laughed for about 15 minutes at it. Um, I'll throw in an honorable mention to a film that I think is is extremely funny is uh, is Blazing Saddles. Okay. Okay. Uh, next, we had film you loved as a kid. <sighs> I think is shit now. I don't know if I have one because I, I I don't I haven't let go of anything as a kid that I like I still love stuff that I was a kid I guess I, I, I'll I'll go the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film 
Fair. Okay, that's a good one. That's loved as a kid, but it's a complete dog. Of course, yeah. Uh, film that people hate but you love. Three Stooges. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Will's a longtime fan. He'll appreciate that. Uh, film people love but you hate. Uh, the Witch. I was, yeah, as we say, reference earlier. Very good. Yeah. Or or the Raid Two. The Raid Two. Be There's example. so many. Gone yeah. Girl as well. Yeah, the, the, I think the raid is the raid two is probably a better answer. I think because the witch is a bit divisive. Some people don't like. The yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you are the only person I have ever spoken to who does not like the raid two. So that's exclusively on you. Uh, anyway, uh, worst film, uh, Dirty Grandpa by a college. <laughs> yeah, another frequently referenced one here. Uh, film that means something special to you. Ooh, I'll say. I'll say The Wind Rises, Studio Ghibli, 2014 release. First film that me and Natty went to see together. Oh, cute. And that was on her birthday as well. We weren't, we weren't going out yet at that stage, but it was, it was her birthday. Little, and I said, come on, we go see a movie. A little cinema date. How adorable. Yeah. Um, film you relate to the most. Ooh. Um, something like... Uh, oh my god what do I relate to um, something about someone who's just fucking living maybe cast away or something like that someone <laughs> someone living on their own away from society just like fuck it okay. <laughs> I've never okay. seen I've never seen cast away oh, come on you must have a film you've seen <laughs> okay, um, moon okay okay uh, moon. Okay. Uh, most okay. <clears throat> Sexiest film. Oh my god. I uh, this is so stupid because we we've asked these same questions for two weeks. I should have come up with one. Yeah, no, I, I hope know. Joe's taking notes. You know, don't don't, um, don't. Like Joe was surprised by these questions for week one. To be fair, week three we should know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We're gonna, Backdoor Betty's twelve. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, like, yeah, like what's it? Like yeah. Well, I mean, it's a tough question because like, what is a sexy film? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's not a film about sex. See, I, I don't want to fall into what is a film that has an attractive woman in it. Yeah. Also, most I, films that are about sex tend to be not yeah, about how good it. it is. <laughs> Shame, for example. Yeah. Um. <sighs> sexiest film. Maybe something like. Like I think you kind of almost have to default to the well. What's uh, a film with a really notable, memorable, sexy lady performance in it? That's why I went with Hayek. You know, you could go like Batman Returns. <laughs> I know you said Batman Returns, but for some reason I thought of Batman and Robin with the fucking bat butt. Yeah, well, listen, whatever. Hey, listen, I said lady. You don't have to say lady. Um, yeah, although you know, Lisa Silverstone's a good looking girl. But... Um. Sexiest film. I want to. I want. I want to give the people their their money's worth. Here. I'm I trying to think, think what would be the funniest answer, and I'm thinking like Harry Potter three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the fact. Uh, that bit where Hermione stands up to Draco just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you little worm. Um. Oh, well, I don't want to delay the. the yeah, all right. We'll, we'll go uh, no, no, we go uh, total, total Recall with Sharon Stone. My God. Okay, yeah. Listen, that's classic. That's classic. All right. Uh, best case of cinematographer. 
Ooh, the best best looking movie. I mean, I I would say Fury Road, but it's been said. So I will say, what's the film that really looked fucking great? Um, I will say, um, I think Jurassic Park. I think that might be a bit underrated. Okay, cinematography wise. Uh, favorite film. Twelve Angry Men. I was wearing I was wearing my Twelve Angry Men t shirt today at the gym, but I've changed it because it's all sweaty. All sweaty, yeah. Twelve Angry Men, nineteen fifty seven. What one film would you take to heaven with you to share with the other people who have died? Ooh, okay. Well, maybe one that not lot. Why do you got film to bring to heaven to show to all the people who have died? I, mean, I assume something maybe a bit more recent people would have seen. I wouldn't bring 12 Angry Men. Half the people up there would have fucking seen already. Uh, I will bring Parasite. Hey, very good. Very good. And uh movie that made you cry the most? Uh, there's a few. Um, Coco. I think Joe. Did you say yeah. Coco as well, Joe? Yeah. Coco would be up there. Lady and the Tramp for the injustice of when the rat scared the baby and they said it was Trump. That that made me cry. Um at the age of like twenty six or whatever it was. Um and then I will say I'll throw in the grave of the fireflies there as well. Although that that was a film that is more shockingly sad that like to the point that you will almost not cry at it because you're so taken aback by how sad it is. But uh if I was to watch that again I'd probably cry a lot. That's okay. definitely the saddest movie I've ever seen is Grave of the Fireflies. A movie so sad, they're like, okay, if you want to make it, you have to also make my neighbor Totoro and release them as a double feature. <laughs> uh, thank you, Will, for that email. Oh, those, were, those are some great questions. Thank you so much. All right. We we have to, though, by, by before the end of the year, have to come up with a sexy film. <laughs> Let me look. I, okay. I got sexiest films. Let me see. What I'm a sexy film. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I haven't seen any of these films. Yeah, but, but I, I, mean, I, I don't want to send us dirty. So, yeah, they're like they're like erotic thrillers. Uh, 2010s films about exciting. Okay. <laughs> what does Google not like to say the word sex back to you? What the fuck? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes guide sexiest movies. I gotta see what they say. Uh, Okay. Yeah, like so. Some of these are obvious ones we for, we didn't think to mention, or we just don't care about. It. Dirty Dancing, Cruel Intentions. Um, um, never seen them. Yeah, but I've, yeah, or like yeah. In the case of Dirty Dancing, just don't really care. Uh, Cra- David Cronenberg crashes on here. What? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, I've been a, I've been in a car crash. I've got a fucking boner. What is going on? I mean, it's about Magic Mike is here. I know one of us said Magic Mike Shame is on here. Uh, an incredibly unsexy film. Which is the point of the film, actually. Yeah. Uh, Joe uh, said Magic Mike, did he not? Yeah, I think yeah. so. That's on here. Um, what else do we have? Black Swan. Well, What? This is what we were saying earlier. It's like, if, it's like oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. None of these are jumping out at me. It's particularly, particularly sexy. Um, no, no. Okay, we we've come to the conclusion. There's actually there's no such thing as a yeah. We've movie. yeah we've debunked that myth that concept now. Um, on this show, um, another another one for the CSP boys, our legacy. Um, 
All right, we'll jump in here to the wrestling, busy wrestling week, and much to discuss. Uh, Dynamite was pretty good this week. Return to form. Back to form, indeed, yeah, yeah. Uh, Loved all the Long Island stuff, Uh, punk, having a bit of fun there, being a heel. (laughs) Coming out to the music. Coming out to the music, so just Perfect callback to his debut and all the bullshit. Yeah, MJF coming out, yeah. That was tremendous. Uh, and the Battle Royal was uh, was good as well. Yeah, solid. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I always I always don't like it when the the match just stops when it gets to two. Uh, yeah. That takes some getting used to. Um, but I think yeah. that match next week will be fun. Yeah, it should be really good. I kind of hope MJF wins again. I think he will. I think. I think. I think this is like a lifetime gimmick. I think it'll just be a. Yeah. It, it's like an easy week. You can just throw this match on to advertise it. Pop a number. Well, not with it. Pop a number. But you know what I mean. Like have a thing. You can say, "Oh, here it is. He might, he's going to lose it this time. He's going to lose it this time." And of course, he never will. Yeah. Um, well, one year he does, and it's to Wardlow. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That's yeah, be, that should be the payoff. Um, yeah, he did toss Wardlow in this match, which was good. A nice touch. Classic. And, it, you know, the big man bodybuilder, uh, not bodybuilder, bodyguard is the term I was, I was looking for there. Classic to have him tossed out of a, 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 a battle mm-hmm. royale. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that. We had uh, Dante Martin <laughs> betraying Team Taz, which ensured that this was the funniest episode of Dynamite in once because Taz was just going ham for the rest of the episode about how he was betrayed. <laughs> Oh, it was great. I, I must say, I don't really get the storyline there. Taz was super funny, though. You're he right. was great. I got news later. I got news later. You're going to see. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, if it's really a turn, is it, I think it's too soon. If it's really like, oh, he just joined them to get them from within. I think that's. I, I that the, but I don't get the point of that either because I don't know. I don't know what the point of it all was. It just mm-hmm. seems like. The actual turn, the first turn where he signed the contract, was like interesting and like shocking. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. yeah!" And now for two weeks later, he's just like, "Oh, you eliminated Ricky Stark." Yeah, I I, 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 I think it was supposed to be subterfuge because they even made a point. I don't think the camera caught it, but they pointed out that he took off the armband as well. Yeah, um, and then Ricky Stark beat him up. So um, I must say, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that. No, yeah. but I was I was a fan of Taz on commentary as I always am. Um. So, uh, yeah, what else did we have on the show? We had... Uh, no, I'm sorry, before we move on, sorry, Taz's indignation about CM Punk and, and NBA. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I love that they keep that thread going. Um, I think he'll still have a match with Hook at some stage, Punk will. Oh, yeah. uh, there was one bit that made me laugh very hard. It was like, CM Punk said something like, um, oh, you know, I, I beat... QT Marshall in five minutes, da, 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 whatever. Taz like QT Marshall, <laughs> he's one of my best friends. I was like, oh my god, this lad is tremendous. This guy gets it. This guy uh, gets it. Uh, we had uh, a big uh, eight-man tag um, with um, oh god, it was the Varsity Blondes and Jungle Boy, Jungle Express, Jungle Express against the Elite. Uh, good fun. Like Against the acclaimed and 2.0. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I, I'm, I'm getting all mixed up here. Yeah, the, acclaimed, matches, the, yeah, uh, the acclaimed had a, a, an amusing rap, as they always do. Um, yeah, yeah fun match. Kind of long, but it was good. Yeah, enjoy that. This is a very Survivor Series 1992 
two two tag teams teaming up to wrestle each other. But I like, yeah, I like all these teams. So this was good. Uh, and then just to jump forward a little bit, we did have uh, uh, one of, of two uh, uh, in, in interviews that were interrupted. Um, uh, actually, or three in total, like, some crazy amount anyway. Uh, the Varsity Blondes later on in the show were on the ramp for some reason to talk about something unrelated to their match earlier. And uh, Malachi Black came out and missed Julia Hart. Mm. I, I, why? I feel like he has missed about 90% of the time uh, uh, M-I-S-S-E-D uh, uh, when he when he blows the miss, he's like not standing close enough to them. So he's everyone, everyone's like just going ah, and they're falling down. Um, like Julia Hart screamed her lungs out to try and really give it the, the tough sell, but I think what hurt was that she didn't have the face covered uh, yeah. in in the mist because he's just barely getting them. Um, yeah, his her performance so is very good. To be fair, it was good. Yeah, he's so precise he only hits the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah a bit of a weird feud though. Him and the I suppose he's just he needs people to beat. I guess was, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Feels like they're spinning their wheels with him for a while. Um, uh, on the subject of just uh, interviews getting interrupted, we had uh, uh, Sammy Guevara uh, out there talking. He got interrupted by Cody. Um, Cody coming out looking like Freddy Krueger. The man. <laughs> I feel like he should be taking time off and bathing in moisturizer. I feel like he like should his, be in hospital. Yeah, his poor arm. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't give a shit, obviously. Um, uh, but it's so bizarre seeing him come out just nonchalantly with his horribly burned arm um, from last week. Uh, and, you know, he's having fun with it. He came out and he came out through the baby face tunnel and he said, Hey, Sam boy, don't you worry about it. I'll take that title off you. <laughs> Or whatever the fuck he said, and Sammy Guevara, the worst actor, <laughs> the worst, stood there and he goes, "Oh yeah, 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 will you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You are, you are, mate. You are." Um, <laughs> and then Cody did. He started to walk towards the heel turn uh, tunnel, and he did the big veteran twenty-two skidoo turn around <laughs> and giving him back up the face tunnel. It's the uh, Abe, Abe Simpson going into the bordello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, great stuff. <laughs> oh, oh Cody! Fucking oh. hate Sammy Guevara. <laughs> I know. I I kind of hope Cody wins. I feel like yeah. I feel like he's not because that they just don't want to do that to Sammy. But like, he should win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Ah, yeah. Then they had like, fucking Ethan Page interrupt and. Like a segment can't have one idea anymore. Yeah, it has no, to lead yeah, to another yeah. thing. That oh, that Lambert's coming back, and I was like, well, wasn't this about Cody coming out? Oh. And I'll tell you what's not going to heat up Sammy Guevara is another Ethan Page match. I I, I really don't no. think. So no. yeah. Uh, what was the women's match on the show? I actually can't remember. Rio and Jamie Hayter. Oh, oh sorry, yeah, it was great. <laughs> How did I forget that? Um, yeah, a bit long though. I thought. Um, yeah, but it was good though. I don't mind a, a long, good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Lots yeah. of crazy spots on it. The brainbuster was oh bananas. my goodness! Um, yeah, try to paralyze this poor woman. My goodness. Uh, Hater's great. I really like Jamie Hater. Um, Rio, except it was the, this is the one time I always I would say Jamie Hater's great for uh, someone doing like a big tope or or a dive off the top rope. She like jump into it and take a big bump on the outside catching the yeah. person. But this time she just let Rio just fall on the floor. 
Uh, yeah, because yeah, she's supposed to catch her. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know what what happened there. Um, she picked her up fairly quick and hoofed her around, which is good. But you know, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was that, and uh, was that all before the main event? Uh, More or less. We had Trent returned. Oh, so yeah, yeah. My memory's shit. I, this is a good episode of Dynamite. <laughs> I don't know why I, I can't remember. Yeah, the butcher returned with uh, Trent's mom. Um, <laughs> the blade. <laughs> Oh, the blade, yeah, sorry. That was, oh, I, I fucked that joke up as well. Jesus Christ. Powerful. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know how I know, with the haircut. I don't know how he, he, he looks oh, like a, he just like just a guy, you know. Well, I thought he looked a bit leaner, obviously because <clears> he had the operation. Um, to the point that when he came out, I, I, I shouted out on the, on the TV that he looked like a pencil neck geek. Like <laughs> Vince McMahon called Randy Orton wow. that one time Jeez. when he was wow. You got a neck like a stack of dabs, kid. Um, now he's he's obviously very ripped. He's in very good shape. But it's time for Paul's nitpick of the week, oh, the new God. segment where he nitpicks. <laughs> you know what would have been better? Wow. So they're they're going for the three way BTE trigger. Bow 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 bow. Wiggity bow wiggity bow. Wiggity best friends bow. But what if instead of the music playing, a horn started? Beep beep. Beep. What's that horn noise? Beep, beep. It's the car. It's Sue's car. And then Trent comes out. Rather than the music playing and then the car coming, the car could have itself been the, the sound. This really is well. a nitpick. This really no, is a nitpick. No, you know I'm right. They had Sue in the car. What more do you like? It's great. Oh, God. That's the they have, have the car provide you the diegetic music. That's how I would look. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> that's friends. good stuff that's anyway good it was good there. it was good i like their return and then yeah on rampage were they low-key teasing the heel turn with him um, what? Just, let me uh, let me because i saw nobody talk about this i thought it was very i, I thought you meant low-key the fucking rampage. no no low i was like was he was on rampage. Why, on, when, when they were doing the mark henry uh, talking segment trent yeah. started to say something about how like this is about me and then Orange Cassidy cut him off and said no this is about Orange Cassidy and Trent kind of looked at him like okay and then Orange Cassidy was angry at the end of the show as well yeah yeah it seems like they're they're teasing something there Uh, coming back from a neck injury seems a bit quick to be turning the lad heel but um, best friends have also been there since the start so there's probably nothing nothing wrong with uh, yeah you know mixing it up I like when Sue danced to the Rapongi Vice theme as well. <laughs> that was good. Also, why would the camera stay on them for about two full minutes after that match? Just like her bopping around the ring and Chris Tatton going, yeah, Vice. You know. <laughs> uh, That was a bit odd. Um, yeah. Um, and then we had Johnny Hungy versus Brian Danielson uh, in the main event, which was quite good, as you might expect. Uh, all these, all these dark order matches have been good, but they, uh, apropos of the story, they haven't really gone too long. Especially when the point of the finish is that he has them beat, and then he keeps beating them even more. So you can't yeah. really give them too much during the match because the purpose is that he's stomping them. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought, I thought Silver looked good, and, and they had a fun match. Um, uh, yeah, it was good. And then the the the, the closing thing kind of was what it was. It was pretty basic. You know, he said he's going to kick him, and then Hangman ran him off. Yeah. Okay. 
I am a little bit, little bit underwhelming, but it's not like it's not like their pay per view. It's it's just a special dynamite. So it's fine. Yeah, but they. I mean, last year they really gave Winter is Coming the fucking. They were like, we are. This is a big one. This is a big, big, big one. Yeah, Sting debut and title change. Title change and like really, I'm like Omega uh, Moxie, like one of the biggest matches they could have done at that stage. Yeah. Uh, now next week's card does look good. You've got Cody versus Sammy. You've got Deeb versus Sheeta three. Um, you've got uh, the title match, um, and I feel like they announced one other thing as well. I can't remember what it was. Um, can't remember, but it wasn't nothing major. Um, uh, yeah, so that was dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, uh, yeah, Paige said he was going to kick the cowboy shit out of Brighton, which is fine. Yeah, so that brought us to Rampage. There's this only one thing worth talking about on Rampage. I mean, yeah, let's, let's get to the main event. The tag yeah. match was boring. Yeah. I like Sorry. the tag match a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. These two teams are boring together. I think this uh, yeah. is the best match they've had. Probably, but... I will I will go one hot take higher on that, and I will say Phoenix, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Love him. Great. Pentagon, good wrestler. Very charismatic man. Lucha Brothers is team. Eh. I nah, no, don't really like them. I I prefer them as two singles, and I think they are vastly. I would go as far as say they are overrated as a tag team, and they fit nicely in this little box I'm crafting here in woodwork and putting a little label on it that says uh, "People who are massively elevated by having lots of matches with the young box, and then when they are not wrestling ah. the young box, you can see the crackies start to appear. Also, in the box goes FTR lads. I can tell you that much. Bald head hair. In you go, lads. Um, Oh, interesting. But anyway, we're not talking about that much. Um, yeah, so that was that was boring. Oh, well, no, it was good according to Paul. <laughs> boring. It was good. It was good according to some. Uh, women's match. Uh, oh my god, that women's oh, match. That match that was, was a good. train wreck for the first half of it. Oh, oh my god. god. I, I let, let me tell you the truth, boys. I will always support the women. Great, great women match on Dynamite. Yeah. I support. I support the women. I always will women. support always the women. Women in in wrestling and out wrestling, just yeah. But Women. when this match got announced and was said coming up with the the bunny and Penelope Ford and Rockin' Anna J and da, 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 I was like, all right, skip forward five minutes, sorry, ladies. Yeah, you, no, you were you were right too. It was one of those ones where I was like, every time she wasn't in the match, I was begging them to tag in Nyla Rose because she was like, she was fucking Masawa compared to everyone else in that match. I mean, well, Ruby's good as well. Oh, the the bunny and take on and i like take on to a lot but jesus christ i mean it was some of that stuff was so bad so so bad mm. um, i watched the last five minutes of it because that match was also way too long but um yeah yeah Ma- main event was was all right oh, i don't i couldn't tell you a single thing about, main about event. it but um but the real main event was of course the debut the long-awaited debut of hook they've sent him they sent hook sent hook and um, I have to say, lads, it didn't disappoint. In fact, exceeded my expectations by quite a margin. Um, I thought he looked great. The music, the entrance, the in-ring, his yeah. mannerisms, just fantastic. It was like, basically like seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan <laughs> in the 60s. That's what I, that's <laughs> basically what we're seeing here, if you ask me. Uh, yeah. No, but I did, I did love it. I'm fully on board. Um, basically, Hangman, sorry, you're 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 Woody, and Hook is Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> oh dear, yeah, no, it's tremendous. Yeah, the music is great. That was a great get. Um, yeah, it really stands out. 
Um, yeah, and doing all the judo throws and all that other stuff. Doing his dad's finish, which was nice. The red rum, it's called now. Red Very nice. Um, yeah, no, great stuff. I thought it was great. And Fuego was the right man to be in there with him as well, I thought. Um, I like that he had the the kickboxing shorts, which are all the rage these days. But also Hook written in what color? Orange. Orange. Yeah, he's allowed. He's allowed. Yeah, Taz ain't complaining about that. You allowed to use it, and you know that Taz be be watching that tape with him uh, after the fact, saying, hey, "You got to do this move for a little bit better there." Oh, do you know, Taz got be on him to fucking make him the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mat- match of the year contender for sure. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Uh, yeah. yeah, late late entry, but yeah, he, he, he yeah, it was genuinely it was genuinely really cool, and he has he does have an aura about him. I I hope they keep it limited. I hope he's not on TV every week now. I think uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. you know, especially because like because he doesn't have like a feud. Like this was just a weird one off thing, and it was against Fuego. Like he's not. I don't. I you know. I don't need him wrestling Sammy unless he's a beat unless he's beating him in thirty seconds. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I would like like the idea of like. Team Taz has got like Will Hobbs, who's the big fucking powerhouse, right? Mm. But that Hook is like secretly the most dangerous of them. Yeah, and that when when there's like a big thing coming, it's like that Hobbs isn't even the the one to be afraid of. It's actually Hook. That'd be like a nice little angle. To yeah, in like because he's like physically the smallest of them, but he's actually like the most dangerous. That'd be cool. He's a little pit bull. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the real highlight. That was the highlight of, a, of an otherwise fairly pretty, pretty bottom bottom percentile rampage. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So that was AEW for the week. Next week is Winter is Coming, which uh, you know it's a saw. I'm looking forward to Sheeta Deep Three. I think that'll be great, and the main event should mm-hmm. be tremendous. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't have any doubts about that. Um, so yeah, that was AEW this week. Uh, Joe, did you watch some of Ring of Honor last night? Yeah, I did watch uh, the final battle. The actual final uh, battle. Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, I skipped a few of the matches, if I'm honest. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of just wanted to see if anyone would turn up, sort of in terms of Ring of Honor Legends. But yeah, it was um, it was quite a good show, actually. I've never been a huge Ring of Honor fan um, going back you know, to the early days. I, was, I watched you know bits of it here and there kind of classic stuff and some of the hd era and, and bits like that but yeah i thought i'd give it a go um a few good matches in there actually surprisingly i really enjoyed shane taylor versus kenny king in a, mm. a, f- a fight without honor um in some ways it was kind of your standard sh- you know street fight uh kendo sticks tables trash cans kind of match um but they, they they brought a real kind of intensity to it and some really good promos before the match so i actually really really enjoyed that uh, yeah, and then the Briscoe Brothers tag team match against uh, Taven and Bennett was was good. And then Gresham Lethal in the main event was really good as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't, you know, if they were <laughs> still running shows, this wouldn't encourage me to, like, come back and watch the rest of them. But right. I actually did quite enjoy, you know, this as a, as a one-off show. And, of course, they had inserts from various Ring of Honor alumni, um, including Punk, Brian... Uh, who else? Eddie Edwards, uh, right. a couple of other people, which was nice. Yeah, so it's a weird one where it's like it's not—they're not saying it's the final show, but everyone's kind of saying it's the final show, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, you know, yeah. The uh, yeah. the 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 original statement was like Mania weekend. They're gonna come back. The tone last night very much seemed like yeah. this is it. We kind of felt like this is it. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, and also, you mentioned at the main event, Bandito apparently got a positive COVID test like a, mm. a day before the show. I mean, if this if this promotion wasn't snake bitten enough, um, their main event fell apart a day before it was supposed to happen. Um, so that's how they got the old AEW assistance. But yeah, uh, did you see the bit where Braun Strowman showed up? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was a real highlight. Uh, <laughs> so, so De- Derek Bateman's in the ring. Uh, and <laughs> He looks like Trent Beretta and he's cutting some non, I skipped the promo. I can't, I cannot stand that control your narrative stuff. That he does. No. It's just such pseudo intellectual bollocks. Um, but yeah. And then the big, the big um, debut, um, big Titan. Uh, that's, that's Adam Shear. Uh-huh. Who? Who the fuck is Adam Shear? <laughs> it's Braun they did call um, him the monster among men, I think. The, mon- the, the, the titan among monsters among men. <laughs> among anyway, he came out and beat a few people. Like, I don't know. I have no interest in what this No, no, of course not. Um, yeah, I assume it's a TNA thing. I don't know. It's funny because it's like, his because he, he hasn't shown up anywhere yet. And there's been so many impact rumors. It's constantly like, oh, he was there, but then they didn't use him. And he signed. He hasn't signed. Either. His first appearance since being released is on this death nail Ring of Honor show. I my, my only assumption is that they were planning to sign and use him properly in the new year. And he he had the pencil in. He said, "Right, no, you sign me up. I'm going to be there. I'm showing up." Because like other than like other than, if that's not the reason, why would you possibly have him of all people do a surprise appearance on the last Ring of Honor show? Like he has no significance mm. to that audience. Mm. Um, like other than hey, listen, he was on the telly, so maybe that's that was just the thinking. <laughs> we'll get a lad who was on the telly to show up and and you know make you think that we're definitely coming back. We're definitely coming back. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, and of course, FTR were there as well. They ran in and attacked the Briscoes, um, mm-hmm. seemingly setting up a feud between those two in AEW, which would be nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I would quite enjoy that. Um, yeah, it was good. Okay, that was Ring of Honor. Any other wrestling guff to chit chat about before we move yes. on? Yes, go oh. on. So I want to talk a little bit about the best match of all time. Not not Hook versus Fuego del Sol. Mm-hmm. Oh, Randy Orton and Itch. <laughs> the greatest match in history. Now, uh, yesterday was the 16th anniversary of TNA's Turning Point 2005, mm. featuring Samojo and AJ Styles for the X Division Championship a match. Okay. I, which I will will argue to the death is the best professional wrestling bout that has ever taken place. Um, and so I watched it again in its entirety on the youtube.coms where mm. someone has kindly uploaded it what a fucking match what a fucking match you guys oh my god it's fucking brilliant it's so <laughs> so good i love it and what makes it really good is our our dearly beloved don west and mike today on commentary a, a vastly underrated pairing um samojo's kicking kicking aj with the, the stiff kicks and my god god ah, <laughs> um oh, that match is such a, a joy 18 minutes and 58 seconds of total non-stop action excuse the pun mm. uh fucking aj with the fosbury flop for the first time in years stiff as all hell aj gets his mouth busted open fucking power bomb samojo oh, fucking back and forth it's great Absolutely love the match. It is on YouTube, but like I said, in its entirety, if you just search Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, uh, Turning Point 2005, one of the first TNA shows 
I watched. I don't think it was the first one. I think I, I saw some from 2004, but this was one of the early ones from December 2005. My God. If, if you haven't already seen this match, go out of your way. Go out of your way because it's so good. Better than the triple threat at Unbreakable. Dare, dare I say. Um, just two guys. It, it tells a perfect story. It's like AJ goes in as champ. Samojo's the unbeaten wrecking ball f- unstoppable force uh how could aj possibly stop samoa joe well watch the match and see (laughs) and also it's it's maybe for the first time in in three or four years i have a little wwe smackdown review go i watched watched a bit of smackdown a segment of smackdown featuring Sami Zayn and brock oh yes lesnar yeah very very entertaining very, very entertaining. Brock is a, I tell you, Brock is a great promo. Brock is there fucking taking the piss. <laughs> so the story going into it is that there was there was a segment the previous week where Simon was going to get a title shot against Roman Reigns and fucking Brock just came out and beat the shit out of him. Roman beat him in a minute. So Sammy's not happy. He's in like a wheelchair with like cast on his leg and all this. And Brock is coming out saying, look, look I'm sorry. We're both Canadians. Let's go. Hunting moose, you come up, you come up to my farm. We'll 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 go out into the fucking the wild and we'll hunt some moose together. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's like, well, I'm a vegan, da, 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 da. and Brock's like, you're a vegan, but Sammy, I'm just trying to be your friend. <laughs> da, da, da. And uh, he starts. Brock tries a little bit of French with him. He does the Joey Tribbiani. Oh, boo, boo, boo. Oui, uh, oui, oui. That's slightly less problematic than the stuff the Rock used to do, you know. Oh God! You mean on his uh, on his uh, song "Pie" featuring Slickery? No, I, I mean uh, remember when he said he didn't run down Stone Cold, and he said you want the Chinese version. Well, on that song "Pie" with Slickrick. Um, oh, I know the. Well, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. he says um, "Wolf is down fast" because uh, please tastes so good. The Rock was talking Chinese. <laughs> and then he does the little yeah. But Ooh, you know, that, the French, the French, the French don't don't take umbrage. Paul, no, the, he knows. Yeah, the French don't mind being taken the piss of. Uh, well, their accent is funny, so they deserve it. Um, <laughs> he gave him the wee wee, uh-huh, and uh, it was it was a very funny segment. I'm sure it's up on their YouTube. Um, check it out if 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 you wish to see some Brock Lesnar comedy, because unbeknownst to me, he's actually very good at. it. That's the only bit of SmackDown I watched. I wasn't fucking watching it anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. Who cares? I don't know why. I don't know why I, I, I checked that thing. I think I'd read like a rundown of it and I said, oh, must check this out. And it was actually very, very funny. Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar, you'd be surprised here, are both very good. Two great lads. Two great lads. And Brock with his, uh, his uh, mohawk ponytail and his and big his beard. And he was wearing dungarees. Oh, it was Looking like a, a, a killer from like an Amazon Prime horror movie. <laughs> last house on the left Brock Lesnar um, that's going to do it there for this week's Wrestle Chat and indeed it's going to do it for this week's show uh, we will be back next week we will presumably we will have Spider-Man Chit Chat um, mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. spoil the shit out of it we're going to say you won't believe who showed up it was CGI Princess Leia uh, <laughs> what you're, what universe are you from? Get out of here. You fucking get out of here. Um, yeah, we're going to probably chat about that. We will 
uh, chat more about the wrestling. We'll chat about Winter is Home. 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 Tom Holland. Uh, we're going to chat about where uh, Winter is Coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and probably have more, you know, uh, Halo chat and Matrix chat. And, and the Matrix, actually, I need to fucking. I still haven't seen that second and third movie. I want to see them before that new one comes out. Oh, cool. um, but I know, I just for completion's sake, I want to see them. Yeah. Yeah. Matrix two is all right. Matrix three is a old dog's dinner. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll listen. Tune in, folks. Tune in. You want to hear me talk about it? Um, it's, like, it's like Power Rangers level. Shite, so hey, listen, you like that when you were a kid, okay? I know, but not anymore. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you're having a safe and happy December season. And we will be talking to you all next week. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Ooh, every day, keep on calling me down the road where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. The turnaround, I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow, oh, I'll settle down. down. But till tomorrow, <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep just moving, moving on. on. And Joe. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>